I have heard, I have heard stuff about, and I don't know, I've seen video, so I know that it's happening, but I don't know how widespread it is. I've heard that the emulation is, like, buggy and weird and bad. I haven't had a problem yet, but I don't does it seem like it's does it seem like it's like running normally for you? Yeah, for what I've played so far, it seems good. See, like it's it's always so like anytime anything comes out, there is always like a flood of people being like, "Look how it breaks." Yeah, and it doesn't really matter how good or well made the game is; like you can always break it and get it to do some weird stuff. True, and what's really weird is you don't even actually like when it comes to this kind of thing, you don't even. Like, are you sure it's on the switch? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true, too. I mean, I I like it, it am... could be an emulation on an emulator because uh, someone who's pissed off about Nintendo. Like, I mean, that's 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 a weird thing, right? Like, it could actually happen. It's just true. To drum like, up there's thumbs up or whatever. Well, I mean, it... it could be. It would take a lot of work for like not a lot of payoff because. Yeah. Anytime you show the switch emulation, it always has that frame, right? Oh, true. Always, it's got the icon. And it's stuff. got the it's got the frame at the bottom with like the suspend menu buttons and everything. True. Yeah. So it's probably real. So like I've seen a lot of stuff about like, oh, wow, the uh, the like the N64. What I've seen, I've seen two things about it. Well, three things, because one of them is everyone complaining about the price. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have seen the emulation is actually really bad and is outclassed by public like by emulators that have been public for a long time. And sure. this is actually something we talked about a long time ago when they put out Fire Emblem, yep. like the first Fire Emblem. And I was like, why does it run so bad? I, I it's think... a Famicom game and it's got like this weird sound hissing bug. And like they, you know, they weren't able to like add any sort of fast forward system to it other than just like a straight up frame skip that also speeds up the music, which is weird. That's the weird thing. Yeah, the speeding up the music is what's super strange. And like... It doesn't seem like it would have taken that much work to just like recode it to like run faster without also speeding up the music. But, you know, I, you know, it's it's a lazy way to do it. So it works, but it, it was the same thing where it's like this. It doesn't seem like it should be this weird and bad with the way that it runs, because like it doesn't take a whole lot of processing power to emulate a Famicom. No. Now, N64, I can almost give a little bit more uh, a little bit more credit to because like that's a newer, more complex system than like the NES or Famicom. When the 64 is kind of magical that it even worked at all, because my understanding is that it's a total nightmare of a console. I mean, like, to actually work with <laughs> just learning that it uh, learning that all of the development had to yes, be done yeah. with some like Mario paint ass development tool. Sweet Jesus. It makes me appreciate those games so much more, so much more. <laughs> It's or, wild. It's especially like when you think about some third party game where like the team was like, Christ, we have to port this shit to 64. <laughs> like, well, I think that probably explains why you didn't see a whole lot of games that uh, you didn't yeah. see a whole lot of games that were like both uh, PS1 yeah. and N64. And the ones that did get ported were completely different. But it, it that's OK. So my first thought about that is, holy crap, Resident Evil 2 on the Switch or the, the 64 is amazing. Like, mm that's such a i wonder what they did like i wonder if it was at the end of the 64's life cycle because they finally figured out a way to somehow use like computer 
assistants to yeah to help yeah, yeah. port those images like i don't know because like literally just like find a workaround <laughs> yeah, because the, the resident evil 2 was pretty impressive on nintendo 64 because it had the voice acting and all the different endings and stuff like i don't know one thing that's been really cool about doing this podcast and which by the way welcome to the retro breakdown everyone it's it's a podcast it is Welcome to welcome to episode seventy, which is fun because I didn't realize that the last episode was the sex number. Ooh, what, what <laughs> game did we play? Uh, Brave Phantom Musashi. Musashi. That's not that's not a good sex number. No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> I guess I guess Brave Phantom Musashi had a, a fair share of like off color humor, but I wouldn't say it was like adult humor so much as juvenile. Yeah, have we played a game that would have that would have been the, the sex number? Um, I'm sure we have. I'm, I can't um, think of. Don't talk have, about mischief makers. Don't talk about mischief makers. Don't talk about mischief makers. Yeah, but that's all the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's why we don't talk about it. Um, I mean, Bob um, is right up there with one of the dumb bad jokes, but I don't. There's Spanky's Quest. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have. That's the one. Yep, that would have been the one. <laughs> Man, like just by the I, title, in the game. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad we played that. That was a fun. That was a fun experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you played it too. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. <laughs> so wait, what were you saying? I forgot. Sorry, I derailed you. Oh, we were just welcoming people to our to our yeah, podcasting to our, our podcast. I'm Time Wanderer. I'm doing a charity stream this weekend, but it's too late to it's too late to advertise it now because this will be two days after it's over. <laughs> Excellent. I hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope it was I hope it was a good time. I hope I finished my Link to the Past <laughs> Super Metroid uh, crossover randomizer in seven hours or less. <laughs> Maybe you can win something or you did win. something. <laughs> Maybe you won something and have definitely not received it yet. Well, unless you're listening to this like way after the fact, in which case maybe you have, but maybe you still haven't. <laughs> there are there are still some things from the subathon back over back in the summer that I haven't done yet. Yeah, I haven't heard any music pieces arranged by you. I actually have a piece that is like mostly arranged and I've been stuck on how to end it. Oh, all right. So I have done actual work on that. And you um, have to write a poem or something? I was so I offered a fan fiction, like a custom fan fiction, and like raffled off like ten of them or so, or, or like five, five of them, something mm -hmm. like that. And like nobody ever, like nobody ever followed through. It was like, all right, here's what I want. So I like I okay, I, pinged, okay. I pinged everybody who won them, what, and then how I about pinged the them again, and then I was like, well, I'm not gonna force you. Give it to give it to a reader or a listener listener of this podcast. I mean, it, okay, if you if you would like to write into the podcast at theretrobreakdown at gmail.com and request that I write a short fan fiction of your choosing, um, you can ask. You can ask. Yeah. It may not happen, but you can ask. You can also ask us questions to answer on the podcast. Um which we actually have something of a backlog of questions to answer now. Nice. So we're I'm I'm not going to ask them all at once, but I'm thinking about like I'm thinking I want to like ask one per week and hopefully they'll keep coming in so we'll just keep having one question per week and we can make this a regular segment. Yeah, you know if if we had sound effects we could have the blues clues thing when the mail happened. 
They were like they did like a male dance and they had like a mail call or something. I don't know. I remember oh, yeah. my, my sister. I could I could add a I could add a sound effect for the for the mail segment. There has to be what's I feel like there's a there's a video game that has a uh a really poorly translated male voiceover for something. God, I have I can't place that, it in my head, but I, I feel don't like know I can what that it. is, but I feel like it would be a good choice. Well, I'll I'll have to see if I can remember what it was. I can't remember if it was just a fan art thing um that had a voice to it which is maybe my memory of why it's so terrible we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to figure that out because <laughs> that would make it fun yeah yeah and i i like that like from the very beginning of us doing this podcast i always wanted to have like a viewer mail like ask questions uh segment yeah. and we just like realistically we just haven't had enough actual mail coming in so i thought about just like having a, a pile of questions myself to sort of prompt other people to ask questions mm-hmm. but now we're actually starting to get questions in so i don't have to yeah we'll, we'll just drag all those questions out to make it seem like we're getting more it's it's perfect i mean honestly i'm fine to do one per week but if they actually start coming in at a faster rate then we can do like two per week or three per week as as the uh as, as time allows so I'm totally cool with that. For now, I just want to, I just want to like, I just want to make it somewhat regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great idea. So uh, this week's mail comes in from, uh, from our good friend Swoggles, <laughs> who is uh, the progenitor of like all but like a couple of our, of our mail so far. Yeah. But like, but not all of them, but, but a good chunk of them. So we thank had our you Brazilian for friend. Yeah, for yeah. a while. We did have our Brazilian friend. Hi, Brazil. Shout outs to Brazil. Definitely. Um, <laughs> for more reasons than one. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if I told you this before. Swaggle's been has been uh, referring to their questions as bait mail. OK, because the first couple of the first couple of emails that they sent to us. He jokingly referred to as hate mail because it was basically them. Uh, they were upset at some of my opinions, I think. Of, on nights specifically. On nights, yes. <laughs> and I think uh, I think something else that came up at some point. They are. Like, they it are... was like a, it was a. Uh... Oh, yeah. Smash Brothers. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, because you we were saying how the, the right and wrong way to play. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that I may have strong feelings about nights, but it's just they're just my feelings it's certainly not what's right or wrong yeah i mean this is all this is this is an opinion show ultimately yeah. it turns out that's and what we're people just are randos good with at. opinions like every we are we are random white dudes with opinions and a podcast yeah that's it's really, all this is we're it's not important it's one of a kind so it's it's important that everybody listen to us of course <laughs> so so he is he's been ref, uh, jokingly referring to this as bait mail as compared to hate mail. Sure. <laughs> that's Even though, pretty good. because like because the like idea is to get us to answer a question that will bait out other hate mail. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Because opinions. This, I think this this qualifies as good trolling. I, I like it. I, I like I, I respect the moxie here. Um. <laughs> So the so the one for this week is uh, this is this is an interesting question. Um, <laughs> All right. So do you have a game that, you, in your opinion, you feel was like a a big transformative game in a genre, but that you feel like it took the genre into a bad place? 
place. Hmm. So, like, a, a game that basically came in and, like, transformed a genre in a way that felt like it was, like, for the worse. Sure, I think, I think, <laughs> whatever the first game to introduce loot boxes really fucked everyone over. <laughs> I think... I mean, <laughs> it really I don't has. think that Overwatch would be the progenitor of loot boxes. No, it's, the it's, because the idea of like get this thing with random stuff in it is like gotcha mechanics have been in mobile gaming for a long, long, long time. No, actually, that's it's not even fair to blame loot boxes. I, I actually think it's games as a service. So like like yeah. Destiny. So Destiny yeah. is a big problem. I think was one of the first ones to really push that hard. Um, what else? I can't think of the very first game. I think that, um, I think to a large extent, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Halo 3 moving yeah. the first person shooter away from campaign and into multiplayer mm -hmm. is like basically killed any. Well, I, I can't say that about Modern Warfare because apparently the, the campaign in Modern Warfare was amazing. Yeah, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 has one of my favorite, like, single-player campaigns. It's really fun. But I also think that those games multiplayer had gave them such a huge footprint and gave them such a long tail that they Activision basically looked at that and was like, this is where our money is. Well, and, and I, don't, I don't remember... I think... Yeah, I guess... That's so unfair, though, because those games didn't even act... I don't even think they had microtransactions. I don't even remember if they had DLC in, in the in Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. So like it's it's sort of it, like originally a, I don't know if those things would have been like popularized, but like that's but like the DLC and Blops um, definitely COD Blops the 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 Treyarch game. They yeah. they were like, yeah, let's do it. So I it's 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 weird because I think you're kind of right in that those games sort of cemented the whole hey online shooters for consoles is a thing that can happen and it's awesome because it had been around for a bit you know with halo 2 and stuff yeah, and yeah, yeah some other games but really modern warfare and modern warfare 2 opened it up to a lot more people yeah. and then because of that popular it's 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 really i can't blame those games though it's super unfair because they didn't they, those games didn't introduce it they just happened to make really really good first person shooters that had then that then became monetized by their um loving company oh yeah but like and i agree with you about that it, like monetization is not the fault of any one company or game at all mm -hmm. it, it's 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 a combined it's a tangled web of combined features it's actually but that's probably also so not fun. what i'm talking about oh 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 for me like you, you oh know, pushing online as pushing as the like focus. online multiplayer mm. as like the focus of first person shooters is yeah that's around the time that I stopped playing first-person shooters. True. Because I used to play those games for the campaign as single-player games. Man, that's also... And so, damn, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 are getting... They're kind of getting the brunt of both of it because they made phenomenal mm -hmm. multiplayer experience, but they also had really good single-player Really good single-player campaigns. But then, like, <laughs> after those came out, I feel like the multiplayer was so successful... That despite their really good campaigns yeah no it's true that's that the, they the, didn't, yeah. the single player campaign became a de-emphasized part of the game yeah i mean it's literally not even in some of i don't even know if it's part of the new games kind of i think like the, titanfall was, is probably like one of the best examples of this where it's like yeah there's no story it's just like here's the multiplayer and that's the game 
Yeah, and and there's I think, a I bunch think... of games that around like right after uh, Modern Warfare, and I think Halo Three. Halo Three also de- also good campaign, but also like the multiplayer in that was the game. Yeah, I never, for I for I a never lot played, of people, I literally never played the campaign of any Halo game ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I mean, like I played the I played the campaign of Halo three because co-op shooter is actually a pretty fun. That's actually a pretty fun experience. That it was is like the whole split screen thing. Like I actually <laughs> played the campaign of Halo three in split screen co-op and had a pretty good time with it. Yeah. Perfect Dark did it in 1999 or 2000. We need to do that for a podcast. Absolutely. It's because I, think it's I haven't played it and I I keep hearing such good things about Perfect Dark. I and think it's, like, it's I just that we, need to get there. We actually have to play it together as as I know, I know, I know. It hurts you a little bit. But <laughs> we you have to you can play through the game solo, but we you have to experience what co-op was like and what counter operative was like where you play one person plays as Joanna and the other people play as the throwaway guards. And it's it's oh, such yeah. an awesome uh, mode. Metal Gear Solid 3 had a uh, had a a multiplayer version that was like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this uh, is like not different. the original, but like subsistence or whatever yeah, subsi- it was. Yep, yep. Uh, they had a multiplayer mode that was like Snake versus the guards. Yeah, except this is way crazier because it's just the actual single player story missions where you, and you play as a throwaway guards who die very fast, and then you just oh. teleport to a different guard. It's so awesome. Oh, that's wild. It's so now if the person that's playing what the guards people is... say when they say Perfect Dark is like crazy ambitious. Yeah, it did everything. It actually did everything you could ever want as a single player or like couch co-op experience, pretty much. Because uh, because even the multiplayer beyond that is really impressive. Like, yeah, <laughs> when people talk about the multiplayer options in Perfect Dark, I'm going to guess ninety percent of them are like, "Oh yeah, counteroperative was a thing that I completely forgot that existed." <laughs> because it's it's such a weird game mode that's never been ever been touched on again, as far as I know. It's fun though. But yeah, I think I see what you're saying. It's it's I'm sorry, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, but you 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 succeeded too well at what you did. Yeah, <laughs> you should have yeah. been worse. <laughs> it, I mean, and I think that's kind of the spirit of the question is like a successful game that was good, but that like its success paved the way for like things moving in a bad direction. And I wouldn't say that the focus on multiplayer for shooters is necessarily a bad direction, but it's bad for me. No, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how you had talked about fighting games, and you were like, "Oh, people play these to fight other people." And I, when you said that, I was I didn't believe you. Like I actually thought you were memeing, like you were just like joking on me there. That I moment. was not <laughs> right. I know. So I I understand what you're. I get what you're saying here, and I I too enjoy a nice first person shooter single player campaign. Like they're kind of fun. I I like playing a cover shooter sometimes. Um, and that doesn't really exist much anymore. Or if it does, it tries to be a Fallout-esque experience or whatever, where it's got, like, dialogue options that don't actually matter. It's weird, because when you say when you say cover shooter, the thing that comes to mind is Gears of War. Mm. And I never played a Gears of War game, but I know that they're known for being, like, waist-high cover shooters. Oh, no, yeah, I just meant a game where... I just meant a first-person shooter that's not Perfect Dark, because, like, right, Goldeneye right. or Doom or those games... But I really also feel like Gears of War was, like, one of the biggest games on Earth for, like, a couple entries, and now no one cares. I, I Like, there I was a new Gears of War that game even. that came out, like, last year that was supposedly really good, and I, I just... Maybe I'm just not running in the circles where people care, but it just doesn't feel like people care. 
I don't know if people could, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't play, I played Gears of War maybe two times as like a multiplayer experience. I thought it was okay. I, don't know. Hmm. I never even played the single player, even though I heard it was great. I heard that too. I don't know. I think I, in the same vein as that, I also think the Grand Theft Auto, like Rockstar's online stuff. Oh yeah. I think that's, that's really crushing my ambition to ever play any sort of Metal Gear Solid or not Metal Gear Solid, Grand Theft Auto yeah. uh, game. Other um, things have crushed your ambition to ever play another Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, but that's thanks yeah. Konami. <laughs> no, but, um, the uh, I I I don't care. Like I really don't care about the online stuff. In in every Grand time Theft I Auto see them, like every time I see anything advertised about GTA Five online, yeah, all I can think about is all of the news stories about Grand Theft Auto 5 is the most profitable piece of media ever released. Yes. And it is this game has made like billions of dollars because they've they have an entire recurrent user spending model yep. and everything that they int- it seems like every piece of DLC and everything that they introduce in the game is just we have introduced some shit to spend money on. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm blaming games as a service as the worst thing yep. to happen overall to yeah. games, even though I actually enjoy, which I guess probably games as a service originated from MMOs, and so you sort of have yeah. to blame yeah, World of sure. Warcraft because World of Warcraft was like the most popular MMO, and then you probably have to blame stuff like mm, Candy Crush and, and cell phone games because they're like, oh, look at this. People will spend an inordinate amount of money on this, and right, right, like, right. a machine can pump out these levels. What if we, yeah, what if we make the, uh, what if we make the actual feedback loop feel like shit, (laughs) but you breadcrumb them a little bit and say, like, if you spend money, then the feedback loop will be good again. Mm -hmm. And then they'll spend money so that the feedback loop feels good because that gives them the, that gives them the dopamine. Yeah. And the, and the, and the games as a service is, is, is it's sort of more nefarious. It kind of mixes MMOs with microtransactions, right? Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. you don't, you're like, oh, I'm not paying for a monthly fee. It's fine. I yeah. can spend a little bit of money here and there. And then you like, that's how they make even more money then. I don't know. It's, I th- so I, I guess yeah. to answer your question, Mr. Swoggles, I would, ha- I would have to say, man, I, I don't, I, I think what, what, what single, I, I, I it might have to be I'm trying to think of the most the 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 the, the games as a service that really was the most popular because I can't even blame I'm not saying microtransaction as a whole or DLC I, as a I, whole. If I if I had to just like knee jerk at something, something that's not specifically an MMO, I think that Destiny is the game that took the MMO model and showed everyone that you could apply it to other game genres. To consoles, especially. Especially to consoles, yes. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of provided... It's not necessarily the worst offender in a lot of ways, but yeah, it is not the game that, that showed popular. everybody, like... It gave everyone the blueprint for, here's how you can take this games-as-a-service model and apply it to what would otherwise just be a, you know, a, a single-player a, a single player or multiplayer, like, standard shooter. Sure. But you can make this that you can make this a live service. Well, like Borderlands, it it could have just been a Borderlands experience. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Whatever, which it, it almost is, except that Borderlands, you know, despite all of its flaws, actually does have a lot of drops and loot and a, and a satisfying feedback loop. 
yeah, I mean, I, I didn't play Borderlands 3 and I heard it was kind of a mess of all of that, but Borderlands 1 and 2 was great in terms yeah. of which the content you were given with your purchase. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, maybe maybe Destiny is up there. Destiny and I think I, I think Grand Theft Auto Online is is a huge you, you it's impossible not to talk about that just because yeah. it is the most successful media in existence. I maybe, Yeah, I think I it's I think there there are two sides of the same coin where like Destiny is the provided the blueprint and GTA 5 like, like perfected the model. Yeah. Yeah, and then then you start then you have to look at things like Fortnite and stuff cuz I know I don't know if we'll we'll never know if Fortnite made more money than um Grand Theft Auto just because they don't release those like Oh that yeah, data. yeah, that's right. So technically Fortnite could be worth more money than Grand Theft Auto. It could be. Yeah. I I have no idea. But that I think that's I think that's really what's hurt it's it's I don't want to say it's hurt games because it's actually only helped games, right? It's it's sort of a weird thing where having more money and realizing it's a a place where people can make money pulls in more money. So then you can mm-hmm. maybe have better games and cooler experiences overall. I think we're at kind of a rough spot right now where uh and it's not even fairly fair to call it a rough spot, because literally there's like a game I want to play all the time. <laughs> every day of the week so it's it's hard to pretend like we're in a bad spot for gaming as a whole yeah uh, yeah but i think there are some decisions being made for big franchises right now that's kind of a bummer for me like i doubt we're gonna get a grand theft auto 6 anytime soon that's yeah has a really good single player story because maybe it's not worth their time to make one i don't know it's it's, it's, at the very least it is not as worth their time i do think that there is probably some i do think there's probably some uh understanding in that in the company that like what they provided first was they got everybody in and got like gta5 yeah, had a positive uh had a positive reception because people played through the campaign they connected oh, yeah. with the characters they made an actual connection with the game first well and, and the base game they like, later pr- introduced here is online if you would like to connect with this game that you already like for longer right and and the base game still was it was record sales without any sort of yeah online. no it, so it's, it's yeah, not that it blew the, the game... doors off <laughs> yeah it was being compared to you know massive box office mo- like openings and stuff like yeah that. favorably so, right right and yeah in its favor now mind you maybe in the well before the online stuff well we never mind we won't talk about that but the the uh so that's true i think eventually we will get a six but it I don't know how long it will take only because they're still making so much money from yeah, there's with with them just printing money, like it's like it's it's the same question as like, when are we getting World of Warcraft to? Yeah. Oh, I've it's heard like, some interesting rumors. about. It's that. like what? But why, though? Yeah, it's I, so that that's that's always what I thought, too. I figured they would never bother. But so the, the rumor is now that Blizzard recently canceled BlizzCon for this year mm. and I guess the idea, so what I heard was, or I'm saying what I heard, but it's what I read, uh, was sure. that Activision is dissolving Blizzard because oh. of all the bad press they've had lately. It's it's pretty bad. They'll just they, absorb uh, They just Blizzard. lost another company president. Yeah, exactly. So they'll just absorb all of Blizzard. Blizzard will be a name that doesn't exist. They had a new name for them. I can't remember what the, what the supposed leaker was saying it was called. Okay. Um, but they also said that like there won't be anything about Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 for some time and they just right. announced that like a couple days ago that mm-hmm. that they're they've been delayed like 2 years. Mm-hmm. They're going to be pushing or this will be the last World of Warcraft expansion. They'll still do their like 
updates here and there, like some sure, things, yeah. but there won't be any more World of Warcraft updates. They're going to start working yeah. on There's no World major expansion. No more major expansions coming after the next one. Yeah, and then supposedly they're working on World of Warcraft 2. And I was like, Re- really? <laughs> that's that's interesting. And I'm wondering if it's because they want to leave the, the f- original game in a playable state without having to upgrade graphics and stuff, or they just want to start over fresh. Because they, they say they actually, this will make you smile, the 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 rumor is that they want to emulate more of the systems from Final Fantasy uh, fourteen. Of course, of course they <laughs> well, do. I heard that. Well, was I a... mean, the, Final Fantasy fourteen is the first game that has finally actually threatened their supremacy. Yeah, in terms of subscription based MMO yeah. stuff, it's it's. I, I mean, I heard Final Fantasy fourteen was a a, a well received RPG and and that critically acclaimed. <laughs> I'm trying Critically to think of... acclaimed MMORPG Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy 14 with a free trial up to level 60 that includes uh, that includes expansion Heavensward. Yes, that. Yeah, I heard it's pretty cool. I, I've heard that a couple times. So, so that's that's that that's the rumor. That's the the word on the the internet forums, which take with a grain of salt, obviously. But it is yeah, fun to see you know things happening. And... That's that. Those seem like really, really, really big, big, big. Uh, rumors yes where like it's it's hard to be like oh that's totally happening it's kind of like all the nintendo leakers and it's like every (laughs) once in a while you look at one it's like oh they actually that's actually all true my favorite hit that but for every one of those there's a thousand more that are like (laughs) that's what i was about to say there was someone uh compiled the list of this person's like supposed like how he's the best leaker of of nintendo that guy that sounds weird to say of nintendo stuff (laughs) (laughs) but but their list was it was like 30 percent right because they had 70 percent that was just flat out nonsense like no one looks at predicting a new f-zero game it's not happening well because if we were just to write down every single one of our thoughts we would probably have a, you know a 15 percent prediction rate just just by virtue yeah, if of... you if you follow things even like even slightly it's like if i were to sit here and say like i think at the next nintendo direct <laughs> they're probably going to announce like a new uh uh they're they're gonna announce a new like god i'm stuck now everything that i want I to just, say I is like something gonna... that's either just come out or something that or something that's already announced i thought you were gonna say like the release date for uh skyward sword 2 or something like that oh yeah that's that's always that right it's always like thing you already like too yeah <laughs> oh man but it's 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 i enjoy sometimes i enjoy reading those rumors i just you can't yeah no they're take fun them. but and once in a while, they are. It's fun when they actually do when they actually do track. I think that Blizzard still has, despite all of the issues, I can't see them just dissolving the entire company wholesale. That's that there was my way thought too. too much. There's way, way, way too much valuable IP tied up in Blizzard and Blizzard. Well, the IPs you know, wouldn't be gone. They would just be they would still be using the name well, yeah. it just wouldn't be blizzard as the but company but they're but they're tied to blizzard as a you know as a as a as a company that's what i wonder so if nintendo were to disappear let's just pretend nintendo's gone sure and but then mario's on playstation suddenly like mm-hmm. the character mario it wouldn't matter that it's like if the nintendo ips shifted to other game systems i think people would still follow those ips right because i think it's yeah like it's it's a weird but it's easy oh sorry go ahead i think the closest i think the closest thing i can think of is like okay so you have atlas games right 
So you got your persona and your and your Shin Megami Tensei and you know your other weird stuff in there, all the vanillaware stuff. Yeah. Um, but Atlas is owned by Sega. Yep. So what if they what if they um, dissolved Atlas, which has a it, this is a much smaller scale because Atlas doesn't have the following that Blizzard does, but people like me look at Atlas and are like, hey, that's quality. Like they put out good stuff. I really like if their name is on it, I'm interested because that's going to probably be some sort of weird Japanese game with a incredibly good localization because Atlas, sure. Atlas is the best in the, in the world at, at localizing from Japanese to English. Like, yes, bar yeah. none. Except so, for maybe like so some let's... fan projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in terms of just like consistency. No, I know what you're saying, it, especially from a big company. Yeah, especially from a big company. But so they have like and obviously there's no like major scandals following Atlas right now. But say there were (laughs) like, would they just dissolve Atlas as a company and then release Persona 6 as a Sega game? Yeah, like so for me, you're right. I think what it would. So what you're saying, though, is the Atlas name bring something inside of you that says, oh, I'm curious about this new IP that I don't know what it is. Right, right? yes. But I would they... never have played 13 Sentinels without the without the Atlas logo on it. Sure. But you would probably still play Persona 6 even if it was like, you know, Bamco. True. You'd still, you'd still try it out. So what I'm saying is that the Blizzard IPs, they don't release new IPs. When was the last time Blizzard released something someone didn't know what it was? I mean, I guess Overwatch, Overwatch, honestly. <clears throat> yeah, Overwatch, and that was... It was really successful when they did it, and they, it was it was because of Blizzard that it was able to be successful. Like the name right. is the only reason that game ever got anything. Like why people started to play it at all. Right. Like they had like the company has a reputation. It's like there is a new game from company you like, so yeah. pay attention to it. So like unless having they're... a having a having a company name behind you that people associate with quality. And debatable whether that's Blizzard anymore, but it was that way for a time. For, yeah, for a long time. I mean, they were the PC, like they were the juggernaut of PC gaming, right? Yeah. For, with StarCraft, Diablo, and uh, Warcraft stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, I, I don't know, I feel like their IPs are big enough that it would still pull in the same crowd. And you might get, you might pull in people that are mad at Blizzard. Because the people that love it will just follow it because they like it. Like Diablo 4 could be released under pretty much anything and I would at least try it. Sure. Just because I really like the Diablo universe and franchise and stuff. But then if you, but then I think that, I think you're right that the IPs are fine. If the IP, if Diablo and Warcraft and Starcraft and Overwatch and whatever else all just become Activision games. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're going to have a They're going to be fine because their strength is in the is in the name of the franchise. But yeah. when the Blizzard team or whatever remains of it goes to create whatever their next Overwatch is going to be, yeah, but they're probably just going to call it Overwatch Two. <laughs> no, I mean, I I don't mean like the sequel to Overwatch. I mean their next big new IP project. Oh yeah, no, I, I then you that's... don't then you don't get the hype of like Blizzard's making a new IP. True. Then it's Activision is putting out some garbage. Yeah, or whatever they're new. Because I'm sure they will. I'm sure they the part of the rumor was that they would they had a new name. Like it wasn't going to be called Blizzard. They're going to be called something else. So it wouldn't be. It technically would still have. It would be once removed from Activision, right? Yeah. Even yeah. though it's not, <laughs> it would it pretend removed from Activision. So you're so you don't end up with that exact thing you're talking about, where it's like, oh god, Activision's. Making yeah. Something. So it's just a rebranding. Yeah, because like knows? at this point, no everyone looks at Activision as like I'm not playing whatever they put out. 
Yeah, which is part of the reason they bought Blizzard in the first place. Yep, is to balance their good reputation with the bad reputation. Well, because now everyone's got a bad reputation, so they just need to make a third company. (laughs) And and the the truth is is that the lifespan of people's memories for most things is limited by whatever shiny thing is being placed in front of them. I mean, like everybody, like. Everybody's already dropped the Ubisoft sexual assault allegations, yeah, yeah, that's which not have fun not anymore. been resolved at all. But like, whatever. <laughs> there's a new Assassin's Creed coming out, <laughs> or or there's a new company that's done something worse. So there, yeah, so that's are actually that. been that has actually been more the case over the last year or so. <laughs> Ubisoft is like, well, hey, well, we didn't do that though, right, guys? Come on, <laughs> like they're the they're the bully. Ubisoft that's... is like, we we may have we may have enabled a culture of sexual assault, but we didn't drive anyone to suicide. Yeah, hey, whoa, check those freaks out. Like that's I, I picture them being the. <laughs> I picture them being like the bully who tries to be your friend because there's a new bully around in there and they don't want to be like they want to be like the the cool person like no look at it. we we're not we're not this person anymore check it out that guy's way worse than we ever were yeah 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 <laughs> I mean it, that's basically it yeah <laughs> yes fine look just dance is coming out right it's, Come it's on. so it's so gross and feels so bad to laugh at this at all you yes. are right about this <laughs> that you are right that like. <laughs> The reason half the reason why a lot of these companies have not had to answer for the stuff that they're doing is because they is because the news cycle literally cannot keep up with all of the malfeasance in the gaming industry. <laughs> well, just in the world in general, there's too much. There's oh, too specifically much... <laughs> in the gaming industry. It's just like we've jumped from Ubisoft to CDPR to Activision, back to Ubisoft, back to Activision in like the last year and a half. <laughs> you know, and you don't ever and hear EA anything is about like, that. Wow, we've actually been out of negative headlines for a while, except for all of the like getting eight-year-olds to spend $22,000 of their parents' money on FIFA. <laughs> but but thankfully, they can point and say, look at that, that's that's a, that's a the quote-unquote lone wolf. Like, that's not, not everybody's doing that. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. This is, clearly, this is all Bobby Kotick's fault. <laughs> and not a systemic problem throughout the entire industry. Hey, he did say he was gonna, he's taking the lowest legal salary that um, California will allow for a bit to help to help bolster the, because the, they're 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 going to hire a bunch of. They said they're going to try and make fifty percent of their staff minorities and females, um, and he's taking a he's going to get like sixty thousand dollars for the next year or something. Which of course, I don't I mean, know the merit behind that because he can probably still get bonuses. And I don't I'm know sure if he still owns stock. Right, right, right. It's 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 mostly just to save face, right? Of course. It's kind of a it's a Japanese company thing to do also where the company it is, yeah. like head comes out and says, Hey, we're we're having a bad year, so I'll take a pay cut. Yeah, maybe you in Japan you actually take a pay cut. I don't know. <laughs> like I mean, maybe it actually hurts their bottom line. Of course it hurts their bottom line. He's still missing out on millions and millions of dollars, but once you have millions of dollars, it's sort of hard to Yeah, you don't really miss it. Yeah, because it's not actually gone in a way because you're still have investments and stuff unless you're buying castles. Yeah, no, I mean, Bobby Kotick is at a point. I'm pretty sure he is an actual billionaire. Probably. I mean, and if he's not close, he's a hundred millionaire (laughs) because his compensation was like, you know, 25, 30, 40 million dollars a year or something like that. And that's like not including all of the stock options and bonuses and investments and. I, I all of that other stuff. 
I Googled EA games just out of, because I was like, what does EA, what do they even make lately? Besides maybe some FIFA, and I think they're in charge of Apex Legends, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The article that popped up was EA calls NFT <laughs> and oh, blockchain man. games the future of our industry. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you hear about the NFT Mario game, actually? What? There, it's not official. Oh, whoa, whoa. So it's it's just some it's 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 like the one time that there was a Nintendo fan project and Nintendo C and D'd it and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Nintendo C and D'd a fan project. Yay. It's down now. It's dead. They killed it. It's like the one time that happened and everyone celebrated. <laughs> you know, is is I ah please, please don't. I don't NFTs. I don't get it. It's just, I just don't get it. Literally, I have, I have, uh, I have Twitter open in my other window, and literally, as we're talking about this, is, I, I will just send you in Discord this image, okay, of Barrett saying the planet's dying, Cloud, <laughs> and these crypto effers are trying to get us to burn down half the rainforest for a damn JPEG. <laughs> yep. 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 That's that's a uh, great. Now Final Fantasy VII storyline is accurately about um, NFTs and crypto. <laughs> I like honestly, there is more of that story left to be remade. Let's go, <laughs> let's get it. They won't though because Square is like looking into NFTs too. Really? Who buy? Basically, I why? basically <laughs> everybody is in some way or another looking at it and like we're investigating how we could make money off of this yeah some dota teams did and they 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 got in well they didn't get into trouble because apparently you really can't get into trouble for this because there's there's no legal repercussion because they're like well we didn't do anything wrong with what happened because it was kind of like a shady business where basically a bunch of people walked out with a lot of other people's money but they didn't technically do anything illegal i guess because they weren't paying for tech like the actual product i don't know it it yeah it's the whole nature of it is like you are paying for the concept of exclusivity and ownership without actually receiving exclusivity or ownership yeah i I don't know what it's for other unless you just want to like shift a mass amount of drugs or illegal yeah like money laundering is the obvious like it seems great for that but i don't know what the average person is like why would you ever be excited that you own mario jpeg like theoretically if nintendo were like hey we're gonna you now own the n of nintendo like i don't i don't know why that would be anything someone cares about yeah it's beyond my comprehension it, it it is beyond mine as well because the thing is you are not being transferred actual ownership Sure, if you pay a hundred million dollars for like a painting, I get it. You can then then you possess you possess an object. Sure. Whereas with NFTs, you possess the concept of that object, and other people can just take it and yeah. Can you prevent other people from using it? No. Do you actually (laughs) physically have it? No. Can you do anything with it? No. Does the artist still retain rights to it? Yes. And and so I guess it's maybe it's an investment because you can sell it again later or something. But it just seems so. It's it's I'm I'm I will not say that I think it's the worst thing ever because I just don't understand it. And and the truth is, I just don't understand it. But I it's really you would you would I would need some serious convincing to I for keep, me to see the light of day when it comes to that stuff. 
I keep looking into it and I keep reading about it and I keep trying to understand it. And the more I do, the more I understand what it actually is and, and what it's and what the concept actually revolves around. The more I realize every time I hear every time I talk to somebody about NFTs and they yeah. say, I don't understand it. I say, yes, you do. <laughs> the reason you say it doesn't the reason you say you don't understand it is because you have heard what everyone says about it and do not know why anyone would actually buy into that. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. That's like, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to spend a thousand dollars on a life-size Pikachu, but I could see why someone would want it. You at least have, have it. Then you have Pikachu in your foyer. Like that's kind of neat. Yeah. <laughs> that's at least a thing that you have. Right. Like I get it. I, I, NFTs are there. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's baffling to me. Also, I, like, because crypto in general, I sort of understand because that has value. It's kind of like playing. It feels like you're investing in in something like or maybe the crypto not. has value in the same way that any currency has value in that it doesn't. But if it <laughs> yeah. is accepted by a number of people as a medium of exchange, then you can use it as a medium of exchange. Right. So I, I completely understand that. I think it's actually pretty cool. It's just not something I've ever invested time and effort or whatever into. But the, the NFTs take it to a whole nother level of just you I've, i feel like <laughs> we may have too much time on our hands to come up with ways to spend money inappropriately <laughs> yeah i i think the big difference and i i i said this to somebody uh a couple weeks ago like the issue with like where i fall on on crypto and nfts is like crypto i understand because all currency is basically just implied value and en if enough people agree that it has value it's basically just an advanced bartering system yeah yeah because it's, like, it's not like product our... for product it's product for medium ex of exchange for product yeah it's, right it's, it, it makes perfect it makes completely logical sense to me yeah in, in that is just an economic system systems. that we that we understand and exist in now the yeah. paper that your bills are printed on or the ones and zeros that say you have such amount in your in your bank account app Mm -hmm. do not inherently have value but there is a whole system built around their implied value where you can exchange it for goods and services exactly yeah. so cryptocurrency is just that yeah it it's just a just new a version of the dollar version of like this is a you know this is a way to imply value that enough people have accepted and agree that there is value to it and there's a you know there's a growing system that develops around that and fine Mm -hmm. If True. like I understand why that works. NFTs are basically just that, but it's like, okay, but what if the currency was the product? <laughs> yeah. And you don't get to hold it. Yeah. What like what if what if this implied magical like computer number stuff, like what if instead of that being currency, you just pay currency to possess it and then not do anything with it? Yep. Because because we've we've taken it we've basically taken it from a point where like the currency is currency and now the currency is like a separate product to be purchased. Well, and it would weird. be like walking into the bank with a doll with like twenty dollars and saying like, "Can I get one dollar?" <laughs> yeah, or can I get like some sticks that I'm going to then think this these are worth more money later because there's a value in having this, these types of like sticks. Yeah. These, you, you these type, like, like this is the, this is the only stick that this bank has and it's right. mine now, 
but the bank gets to keep it. Yeah, and, no, no. And you, you I, just, you just whenever a... I go into the bank, they'll be like, "Yes, sir, you still own that stick." And and the the what if what if that bank decides to make a new stick? Like, I, it's it's just such an odd thing to me because I don't understand how they hold their value. Like, why? Because it, it's 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 like as if it's 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 as if there's like a million different currencies all at taking place at once, right? Because mm-hmm. every single NFT sort of has is its own currency in a way, because it's it's just an image by an artist that for whatever reason is worth money now yeah but like why would that retain value it's not like the person has it's not like they're you know picasso like they don't have a name that's going to always sell stuff probably or will it i i that's that's also the part that i have a hard time understanding is what is it is it literally just for the ownership or do you feel like people think that they're investing that they can then sell these in the future for something like I mean, other cryptocurrencies or I something? I think for I think for crypto in general like there are there are people who truly honestly believe in it as like the future of currency. Okay. And are looking at it as something that has like an actual value and I think that like from what I understand of blockchain which is not very much but like I understand how there is a uh, there is a system in place there that is, in theory, more secure and more equitable than, like, the current, like, nationally run fiat currency system that we run on a nation-by-nation basis. Sure. Like, I get that. I get it's decentralized and it's, you know, it's, it is basically, it's based in, like, a, an unchangeable algorithm rather than a, rather than just, like, the whims of each com- of each country's Federal Reserve Sure. So I get that. And there are people who look at it like that and are like, this is where currency is going. This is the future of it. And then there are people who just look at it like stocks. Mm, Okay. Where it's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put money into this and hope it goes up and then I can sell it, get more money. And like the value, the value in it is ultimately determined in us dollars. Yeah. You know, it's just like, can I, can I buy some of this? And then sell it for more money, like a stock. Yeah. And I think that NFTs are kind of going through the same thing, where I'm sure there is some person out there who can defend its actual value as a thing. But I keep hearing them do it, and I'm like, that makes no sense at all. So I really <laughs> think that it is just a huge bubble industry. That's what where I think, it is yeah. where it is a a bunch of people who have just decided that this thing has value. And they have decided, in fact, that it has so much value that the value continues to inflate to points that don't make any actual sense because the the actual real world, what can you do with this value is not in any way related to the actual value of like, this is just a JPEG. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's a there's a commentary there to be made. Also, you were saying like, it's not a Picasso. And it's like, okay, well, why is Picasso valuable? Like, right. Oh, of course. There, there's, there's, there's a no whole, re- the, the, the whole like real life art industry has a similar issue of like, well, why does any art have the value that they say it has? Agreed. Completely agree. There's yeah. a, there's a huge, like, there's a huge industry surrounding just applying value to certain things over certain other things based on criteria that may or may not actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, mean, we, I, I can sort of understand that, too. But at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, I, I don't see people selling a, a 200 by 200 JPEG of a monkey with a bong for 
I, I don't know. In, yeah, I, in I, like I, in like the you know, well, the especially because I history, because I looked at some of well, maybe as like, hey, this happened. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but I looked at some of the the what is being sold, and it looks like just an artist, like you said, a monkey with a bong, but they have like a million different hats that seems like they're just all generated by a computer algorithm and then yep. dumped onto a site that then someone spends money on it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> ah, it makes, I just, I don't understand how someone looks at that and says, yeah, I want to own this. It just, it doesn't. I, I mean, think that, I think that a lot of people are like, I want to own this so that I can sell it and make money because but how they, do you they only recognize it as like, this is a bubble. Or, like, they probably don't recognize it as a bubble. It's just, like, I don't really want to own this. I just want this thing to somehow increase in value, and it keeps happening, so I'm gonna just do that. True. I guess if I guess if you're riding the wave, why not? I understand that, because that's just, like, any other market. I think a lot of people are not thinking about it any further than that, and there is going to be a lot of people who lose a lot of money. It, maybe, maybe that's my disconnect, is that I'm thinking about it as a... As you are trying to actually literally. rationalize it. Yeah, rather than just being like, hey, this thing's worth some money. I can make some money from this thing. Yeah. And so if you're looking at it that way, then yeah, I think that that's, that's okay. That makes it a little, you know, if I put it that way, it makes it a little more reasonable in terms of why it's happening. It doesn't make it any more reasonable in terms of what it actually is. Mm -hmm. But I can get behind that. Not that I'm ever going to buy an NFT ever. <laughs> yeah, like I, you can get behind that explanation, not the concept. Oh, no, I still think they're stupid. They are absolutely stupid. And they're actively hurting the environment. <laughs> so much. So like, you know, like it would be it would be a harmless little diversion if it wasn't for people like reactivate, like literally people purchasing and commissioning and reactivating like old decommissioned coal power plants just to run a mining farm. Oh my God. Seriously. This has happened in more in multiple places. Holy cow. Holy like cow. let's buy a power plant so that we can so that we can generate the power necessary for to, like ten thousand computers to pay for this JPEG. <laughs> Maybe that's why PS3s uh the value of PS3s is still high because everyone's using them as supercomputers. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Did you ever do the folding at home thing on PS3? I didn't, but I, I I've heard of it. I, I I did it for I did it for a while because it was I remember hearing about it. It's like yeah, so the PS3 has like this crazy strong processor that's way stronger than the the system actually knows what to do with. <laughs> yeah, and it's if seven you want seven cores, if you want to, while it's not doing anything, you could just run folding at home, which helps like medical researchers run. Uh, Yep. like run algorithms or whatever and you can just kind of lend out your processing power and it's like that sounds cool we should do that i mean wasn't that sort of like the original blockchain idea in a way i mean i feel like it's related but i don't want to say okay true never mind yeah i don't <laughs> I'm actually gonna, know. i'm gonna back up now after like fair, being fair, sort fair. of half informed by most of what i've said over the last 20 minutes and be like <laughs> i don't know about that no i just meant that i guess i was thinking about the that idea of a bunch of people doing stuff to solve a problem in a way. Cause right. Cause yeah. I like, also I don't sadly, I don't think PS threes would be powerful enough to do whatever they're doing now. Yeah. No, I don't obviously really there's a, obviously there is a, well, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause like as processing power increases, there's a concept called difficulty. Sure. Where like the more people are doing it at higher, at higher power, like yep. the, the more difficult it is to, to do it. And the less you're, the less your processing power actually like 
factors in. Right. Yeah. So, like, I feel like at, in the era of the PS3, it might have actually been reasonably strong. Oh, no. I mean, they re- literally made, they, like, the wasn't it NASA that taped, like, 90 of them together to make a supercomputer for real? Oh, I didn't hear about that, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they I think they sold it off as, like, a thing or something a while back. PS3 supercomputer. I'm pretty sure it was NASA. Oh, no, the Air Force. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it was related. It's It's actually a really fun image. Let me Let me just send you this. Uh, this is from. I, I want. I I want to find out that they did in fact actually tape them together. No, it's way more. It's it's. But it is. Almost oh yeah, they're 2000. like server racks, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to do a whole bunch of uh, calculations with with the super smart mm-hmm. PS threes. I I just love that so much. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> did you hear that the uh, the I want to say the army. Or possibly the Marine, some branch of the military mm-hmm. has actually just adapted Xbox 360 controllers for like <laughs> for like controlling and like for training and like controlling some of their equipment. That does not surprise me at all. I that feel makes like so much the, sense. the intersection between like military and video game applications has gone back like a long way. Oh, yeah, they've been the military has been at the kind of the forefront of making um, games as a way to, well promote joining the military mm-hmm. they, they actually had one of the very first free-to-play games like completely free-to-play first-person shooter games uh i think it's was it is it america's army it yes might be america's army um yes and th- that was not originally a free-to-play game because i was working at a movie store when we got a bunch of those in there well it's it's gone through weird iterations because there's an i can't there's another one too because uh they, it was they, on one side of the the army's mouth. They were saying that video games were were really bad, and the mm-hmm. other side they were promoting, or the government's mouth, I suppose, was saying that sure, video yeah. games were bad. And then the other side, they're saying, "Hey, let's make this game to literally try to uh, get people to join the military. We'll also make it free and have low requirements, so we can, you know, hit those low income uh, yeah, yeah, people yeah. that might be playing it at a, at a like a library or a school setting or something like that, where they can just download it and play mm-hmm. it." But yeah, yeah. There, then, then they, then they had other iterations and stuff because, like you're saying, yeah, yeah. I remember one. I remember a console version that actually came out, and I don't know how much it cost at retail. I sure. just remember there were a bunch of there were, you know, when it first came out, there were like six copies for rent, and <laughs> we rented them. I mean, we were in at the time. I was living in Middle Tennessee, so it was a very military friendly area, shall we say? Sure. Yeah. Um, in terms of like. And it, like, just in terms of like, not to say that there are military unfriendly areas, but in terms of like really looking at it as like a cool, like heroism, like, I think that's a cool thing to go do. I want to go do that. Yeah. Like that sentiment was uh, more broadly applicable there. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Than in, than in some other places that I've, that I've lived. So like it, it, it did well. But I don't I wouldn't imagine we were charging money for it. So I don't know what the free to play. I think it really sort of predates the that would have been like 2006, I want to say. Yes, this the, the original one came out in 99. It was around the time that, you know, PCs and, and mm. stuff were starting to pick up. And there was like yeah. uh, like the early versions of 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 uh, what would it have been? Would it have been called was Call of Duty like World War Two out? But I don't think that was a big hit until a couple years later. Um when did when did Counter Strike release? That wasn't a bit later either, I think. Oh man, I don't know. I, don't I actually know. have never played Counter Strike, like you know, any of the Counter Strikes. Yeah. No, me neither. I know it's kind of blasphemy for 
it's it's sort of like one of those things that's kind of like you haven't played you haven't played Counter Strike really <laughs> for, well, for people I mean, that are our age. I guess yeah. it's probably different now if you're younger. I think stuff. that's definitely like true, but I think it's also probably indicative of like a never really being into never being really big into shooters and b never being really into PC gaming. Yeah, that's fair because Counter Strike is definitely like a huge PC focused game. I, the first the first real computer game I ever even played was starcraft and Mm. that was so i pretty much only played blizzard games on my computer otherwise i was always playing console games yeah yeah i think age of empires for me is probably the first like big yep i did play age of empires before starcraft that's true that was probably the first game that like so like i had like dos games way back oh yeah yeah. i I had first like big pc game Mm -hmm. that i played was probably age of empires one not two i never had i never had two until like years later like I didn't you can, play you can two. Buy I didn't play Age of Empires two until after three came out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Two came out in like I want to say the first one came out in like ninety seven. Mm, that um, sounds right. So two was probably like ninety nine or something like that. And then three. When did three come out? It was like mid. mid I, it was much later. I think two thousands. I want to yeah. say. I feel like it was much much later. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't play. I, I enjoyed it, but I was never I never played it how you're supposed to. I pretty much just cheated or lost. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, really I did some of, of the Empires. I did some of the campaign like properly, but like, boy, the cheat codes in Age of Empires were fun. They were just I was like, I could never resist. Like, well, you know, I could have like a photon soldier. Yep. <laughs> or <a> car. Yep. <laughs> that seems fun. E oh, equals man. MC squared trooper. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, well, MC2 Trooper, because there was no way to, like, make it super script. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think... I, I did, you ever do, uh, did you ever do Flying Dutchman? <laughs> I don't remember. That. Is that... That's the one where they catapults all through people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I forgot the name. That's right. Or, no, is that... I think it's the one where you have, like, the catapult ships, but they that can would travel on land. On and, and But they travel... It travels on land... Because it's flying, and I think they threw people, or maybe the throwing people thing was was like something different. I don't remember. <laughs> Man, I, I will say I sort of miss the old days of cheat codes and games. Even like Grand Theft Auto, like that was that was fun to type in like stupid things like flying cars and stuff. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what else. Yeah, see, that's loaf. all been relegated to DLC now. You don't get that stuff for free anymore. You don't even really get it. Period. Not in like, the same way, no. Because I don't even think any of that stuff was part of like grand theft auto 5 i don't think they ever did any i mean it did break the game pretty hard so maybe yeah. it, would, it was too it's maybe it's too difficult for like the consoles to keep up with how they load things nowadays like how how things are procedurally loaded as you're like driving through them so if you were to break the mechanics by like flying up high or do something really stupid the game would actually just fall apart <laughs> it's it's very possible that's um, very very possible i wonder although i respect a game that doesn't care I was just about to say well, you that. Can just yeah. kinda, you can just kind of break it, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Have fun. You're, you're I, falling out of the world, staring up at the at staring up at this, uh, what we built in this big, empty void space. Please enjoy. <laughs> that, would, that would be cool. I, I, hope, I hope cheat codes like that come back at some point. I think that we're, where we're looking at that probably happening is in the indie game space, True. which is where all of the cool stuff happens now yeah that's kind of true isn't it except for like nintendo they're they're good at doing what nintendo does but they're not really doing anything 
new. They're just sort of perfecting what they've already done a lot for the most part. I guess it's not entirely fair because Breath of the Wild was really different. It's true. It Well, it's different from what they did, but it's not different. It's not super, super different from like other games. Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's still it's still pretty like amazing that you don't there's no invisible walls anywhere and you can literally do whatever you want like that is very of, cool yes like that's that's pretty awesome in yeah. terms of just being an open world game it didn't shatter any boundaries but by literally getting rid of boundaries it sort of reinvented what what is fun in those games because i played breath of the wild and then people were like you have to play uh horizon zero dawn because i was teaching a games mm. course and like it's so yeah. cool you got to try it so I, I ended up playing it and i was like yeah i mean the story's cool and it's fun but it's really hard for me to get excited when i can't walk over a like a, a foot high log like what what do you mean i could literally step over this log yeah horizon horizon zero dawn was a game that like that definitely falls into the department of like this game's really good i don't like it it's it's i i think it just it came up i played it in the wrong order if i had played it before zelda i would have enjoyed it because i would have been used to that's how open world game goes like that's yeah, just how sure. it is. There's there's silly things like yeah, I know you can't you can't you can't climb that tiny cliff. That my my favorite version climb. of my favorite version of this is the is the Fallout door that is like broken down and shattered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's it's like barely it's like basically a stick in front of you, and then it's like yeah. locked very hard, one hundred percent skill needed. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. That's that's the kind of thing that Breath of the Wild made. Like it made those sort of annoyances disappear. And I was like, oh, holy crap, this really ruined my open world game experience. I feel like where I always want to just be able to do what I want like that. Like, oh, I, if I'm I haven't played an Assassin's Creed in forever, but I imagine if I did, I'd want to just climb the the like the wall any way I want to. rather yeah, than yeah. Having to look for the the predetermined foot marks or whatever. Right. Right. Like the, right. Right. The little places where there's white paint on the ledge to clearly signify, oh, here's where you can climb. Yeah, and it's a it's Breath of the Wild is another game where like you absolutely can break it because mm-hmm. that's what the speed run is. Is like let's let's break the physics. Oh God, is it fun? And and just like and just like mess around by rocket treeing across the map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's so cool. Like even even just and it's casually. Like, that's fine. They don't care. It's like all right, it's your game. Do what you want. I, and yeah, that's I love that. I'm I'm hopeful that Nintendo follows that route still with breath of the wild 2 at least even if they end up going back to a traditional zelda game at some point again it's honestly hard to tell what they what they might do Uh, it is like it really is because they could just continue on the same formula and make it like a basically like a majora's mask style like expansion on what they already did yep or they could just go back to the original formula or they could go in a completely different direction entirely or some mix of the two somehow i think that's i wonder if that's partially what's taking a long time for or, or if we're also in that stage of Nintendo likes to pretend the thing's coming out when they actually know they're making a new console and they're just kind of like, no, it's coming. Breath of the Wild's definitely going to be on the Wii U. And then it was on the Wii U, but it was also on the Switch. Yep. <laughs> so I, I don't know if we're in that if we're in that phase now because it's taken so long to get off the ground. Or if, I, I, I often wonder if that's what's going to happen with Metroid Prime also. Mm. If, if that would be like just pushed to the next console or something. Because it's, it's, it's entirely possible. Because we're getting to that point where you, where I imagine in the next year we see an announcement of what they're going to be doing next. I mean, every time Nintendo announced anything this year, 
people were like, okay, is it going to be the Switch Pro? Yeah, it's but the Switch, Switch Pro was... Switch Pro, the, Switch Pro, Switch Pro. The Switch Pro was a dumb idea. Nintendo's not going to do that again. They, they've done that with like a well, bunch think... of times and it's it's really not good because so they had it with the the, the 3ds they made the new 3ds and then they had yeah. two exclusive games for it and they're like oh hey nobody's really buying the new 3ds so maybe we shouldn't make exclusive titles for a console that not our entire user base owns see like there's two different schools of thought on what the switch pro is going to be and like i was i was always in the camp of like they're just it's just going to be a new thing it's just going to be a new console that maybe has backwards compatibility, but is similar oh, okay. to the Switch. Sure. The thing that I like, the thing that I really, really liked about it, like the, someone had the idea of like, they should just call it the Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that would be awesome. As like, I would, I would practically buy that for the name alone. <laughs> that talking is about rad. A, talking about a company with selling power just in their names. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, just calling like, back to like... Calling back oh, to it being Nintendo. just like the Super Nintendo, but this is the Super <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Like, it's right there. You can just do that. They're not going to. No, they probably won't. <laughs> no, that's that probably it won't focus test well enough. And really, it, it you know, it would only really mean something special to us. Yeah, there, there's a, like there's actually... us and our generation and people who grew up in the 90s with the actual Super Nintendo and have fond memories and everyone else would be like, that's dumb. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't know what they're going to call it, but, but they're going to have to have a new console at some point. That's, I, I think it's, I think it's sooner than, than later, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The Switch is still doing really well. It is. It is. It is. And it's, it is successfully sort of decoupled itself from the, uh, the, the rest of the console race. Except it also hasn't in a way because they're like, now we're doing cloud gaming. It's, it's interesting because yeah, they're still trying to put new, it's it's like they want to have their their foot in both doors still. Yeah, I mean, and I get that. But what I mean, I yeah, mean is not? like it used to be that all of the new generation consoles would come out in like within like a year of each a other. Year, yeah. And the Switch came out like right in the middle of the previous generation. True. And it True came edge. out and it came out with something that, you know, was somewhat comparably powerful to the existing consoles, but was also underpowered, but provided something that those two consoles didn't. Yeah. The portability. So it's, so it is, yeah, the portability and, and the fact that it's, you know, it can kind of play the same stuff as like the PS4 and the Xbox one, but it's a little underpowered. So like there's some games that don't run as well there, but it's, you know, it's sort of generally similar. So you can, so it, at least enough to make it easy to port because that's yeah, really what say, it comes down to. Is that's like, what I was, I was going to change what I said and say that Nintendo, you're right. I think they've completely decoupled themselves from that, but they are, they're allowing companies to be like, well, yeah, you can, you can offer some cloud service stuff or you can, you can like feel free to do what you want if you want to be bothered with it, but we don't care about right. having something that's going to play this at 4k resolution or whatever. I think one of the things that is really, uh, in addition to it, just being a good idea, uh, one of the things that's really helped the Switch along to success compared to their previous consoles um, is that third-party support is super easy now because you don't have to do something completely different to get your game running on the Switch. Mm -hmm. You don't have to factor in motion controls. Motion controls you don't have stuff. to factor in an extra screen. You don't have to factor in all of these other weird things that no other console has. All you have to factor in is, all right, it's going to, you know, tone down the graphic settings a little bit 
I mean, I think the Switch's biggest success is probably just the fact that it's Nintendo's handheld. Like Nintendo handhelds have always done well, even when they're like it's Nintendo's handheld that is also that is also a home console, and they've yeah they've managed to combine those two markets to make something that is both and also neither. Yeah, right. So I think that's I think that's really the tr- the biggest success of the Switch is that it's it's now there. It it is what they want. It's just a handheld. They are a handheld company that also can plug into your TV. Like yeah, it it kind of. I feel like that's where they. That's wanted funny to go for because a long I time. think of it as a home console that you can take on the go. Well, I do too. That's I've which never, is the I've only same thing, it. but it's kind of interesting that you can kind of look at it as primarily one or the other. Yeah, I, I the only reason I was looking at for me personally, I've probably played it handheld or like not docked. Maybe like of my total playtime, I'm gonna guess like five percent of my playtime on the that Switch sounds, has been yeah. That sounds about docked right for me. Uh but. I, I said it that way only because I think that was a major selling point for a lot of people, especially yeah. for kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you don't have to take up the TV to play this. Exactly. Yeah. And and Nintendo's always, I mean, they 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 haven't even had come close to being had having competition in the handheld space ever. <laughs> yeah. Like the PSP did all right. The Vita was. The well, PSP I, was probably the closest. It but was like yeah. it was. It never really threatened. No, it was more of just like, hey, we can do it too, okay? Yeah. Uh, but then they, then they, then they couldn't. <laughs> I think that like the reason that I think that a, a new console is probably on the way is because the one thing that has made it easy for them to like, the one thing that's made it easy for them to get a, a robust library, which is mm-hmm. important, is the fact True. that a companies don't have to go through a lot of extra trouble. Yes, I to think sort of downport of their game that is successful on PC or on PS4 or whatever else, you can get that on Switch, and it takes a little bit of extra work because you have to you have to downscale it a little bit, but it's not too bad. Yeah. And now that we're in a new console generation, now the Switch is basically instead of being like a half generation behind graphically, it's a generation and a half behind graphically, and once development starts to sort of catch up with that it is going to be a lot more of an ordeal to get new games on the switch. Well, and you have the steam deck coming out. So mm-hmm. like, while that won't, I don't think that's going to make that big of a splash in the market as a whole. Like just cause I kind of don't either. Vel's not particularly good about continuing. Like they have, they're like, Hey, this is a cool idea. And then that's it. Like they yeah. don't, they don't iterate on it very often. It... Oh, we may have lost Tom. We, we seem to have lost Tom. Um, so I am going to say that now is a good time for a word from our sponsors, and then we will come back and either pick up this thread from where we were or just talk about Fire and Ice. I actually just wanted to say one thing before we talk about our game this week. What do you think is one of the strangest, or what is, what's the strangest peripheral you've seen for a video game? Like, strangest, not least useful. Um, could be either or whatever whatever comes to mind when you think of attachments that they've had for video games so one thing that always stands out to it this is not at all the weirdest it is actually very it's actually very normal and practical it's just the fact that it existed at all that's just like because no one because no one even like thinks about it anymore but um mm-hmm. the we speak <laughs> yeah yeah true was like i i feel like that game that 
was a piece of hardware that was supported by nothing. Yeah. And was for uh, almost, nothing. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was a $20 microphone for you to talk to no one. Yeah, I know. I own it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, we also own it. <laughs> I don't and think I, I used uh, it. I, I used it one time. I did use it one time, actually, for whatever was supported with it. I definitely remember using it once for a, something. A very, a very purposeful usage of the word we and not I there. Because <laughs> I'm not claiming, I'm not claiming ownership over that purchase. Oh, no, I bought it. Um, I definitely bought it. That... Uh, so that's not the weirdest at all, but it is one that always comes to mind when I'm like, when I think about useless peripherals that were just like, that were basically unsupported as soon as they were launched. Yeah. Cause it's not even something like Odama where it was just the microphone for the, the GameCube. Cause that was like, that was designed for that one game. Yeah. Or and like, so, Hey, or even like, Hey, you Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing. It is. Yeah. I recently learned that Hey You Pikachu has a um Hey You Pikachu has a like it doesn't filter your voice directly into the game so you can't just attach like a different microphone. It actually is attached to like a different sort of like digital decoding device that sort of like translates your voice. That sounds very Nintendo. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like connected to the microphone. But it's like the microphone doesn't just it has like a separate little box on the wire. That is the thing that actually processes your voice. And I don't know why that is. And maybe it's just like they didn't have the means in the game to actually have your voice come through and and actually like for the game to know what to do with it. So it needs this little box to decode it into the proper ones and zeros. I don't know. Maybe that's why Pikachu doesn't ever know what the hell you're saying. I was about to say, maybe it's actually just to to, to make the game impossible to play. <laughs> I don't know, but I I didn't I never owned or played it. I just I've I've heard obviously about it, but um, random plug. I follow a channel called Stop Skeletons from Fighting. Okay, and on on YouTube, and uh, that channel is they're they're sort of main series is called punching weight and punching weight is about basically like random peripherals that oh interesting like random peripherals and just trying to see like what all they can do and and finding out about like finding out about features and games that were like underutilized or overly ambitious or unnecessary well maybe they talked about this this had this this attachment for the for the game boy the cuz when they I'm playing, might. when I have, when I was playing video games, the one thing I think would be really great is if there was a way to inject or have or to breathe in nitrous oxide while playing. What? <laughs> that would just be so fun. <laughs> there, I'm gonna can, wait you can, for you to. I'm gonna you wait can, for you to 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 elaborate on this. And and that is exactly what the Pedia Sedate did. It was an attachment for the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, uh, where. You, it was it was supposed to be used obviously only in doctors' offices. Oh, okay. And it was like you you have the kid, and it's basically just a headset that then plugs into the the Game Boy, um, so you can hear the sounds of it. And it has like a little mouth thing. It kind of looks like a snorkel. Okay. And then that just kind of it puts some nitrous oxide in their face, and then they go to sleep. So they don't. Ha so it's not as it was. The idea was that it wasn't going to be as you know, 
uh, spooky as having the mask put on you and everyone's kind of just staring at you and then you fall asleep or like then you kind of pass out or get groggy or whatever right yeah it yeah. was going to be like a, a nice way where it's like hey let's put this headset on and play this game for you know 15 seconds and then you fall asleep and it was it was marketed as like it never got off the ground but it was marketed as don't watch the video <laughs> in the link that i'm sending you unless you like seeing a dentist like surgery which oh yeah i don't so I don't, don't like watch, that. do not watch the video because it was not, it's not like an actual commercial. It was something that they were using as like a, Hey, here's what, here's this thing that we're designing. And like, so it was, it was like a marketing tool for, for companies that sold dentist stuff. Um, there is something uniquely dystopian about the words, the Game Boy Pediatric Sedation Headset. <laughs> and the image of it is so funny because it's like the little kid with just like, like a, like a, it does look like a dystopian headset that's just cover, like a mouth, like a big purple thing is covering this kid's mouth with mm -hmm. earphones. And <laughs> she's playing a Game Boy and then she's going to go to sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She has no mouth, but she must scream. I was, uh, damn it, I was just about to say that. <laughs> That's actually a really cool short story. If, if it never, really is, it's like messed up, but it's it's a that's a good one. Yeah, if you, yeah. If no, you it's... like sci-fi stories like that. But yeah, this this was something I've been meaning to share with you for a couple of weeks because I found it a while back, and I was all right. I don't have I anything never that's weirder than this. Like, <laughs> I I definitely don't have anything that's. Well, this is so weird, and it's also, like, hilariously impractical, because how long would you actually be able to use it? Like, I don't really know how fast nitrous oxide knocks you out, but I, I feel I'm like... I'm pretty it, sure it's, like, a few seconds. Right, that's what I mean. It just seems like a lot of, a lot of nonsense to... It's a lot of extra work for... Like, what is the difference? I think it's supposed to slowly... Like, maybe the kid leaves it on during the whole surgery and then they never no they have to take it off it's covering their mouth it's covering their mouth i don't have a i don't it know. has I, to come off I don't know so what this. is the difference between having this connected headset that pumps play. that pumps like <laughs> like sedation gas into your sedation lungs gas. <laughs> what is the difference between this having a specific headset that's wired to your game boy and just um, sedating them the normal way and giving them a Game Boy. Because they get to play Mario Land for 10 seconds. But you could just give them a regular Game Boy while you're <laughs> gassing them anyway. <laughs> this is true. You could just give them a Game Boy until they pass out and then and then set it somewhere else and then go on about your day. Why? <laughs> what is even the point of having a specific headset for it? Do you... <laughs> Do you do you get to delay the <laughs> how well you play? <laughs> do you do you get to delay the 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 knockout by like every time you die it pumps a little more gas into your yeah mouth. like it's act like there's no application of it that's anything other than horrifying. <laughs> that would be so funny. Oh my god. It's literally Ooh, like, looks like you're if losing. you die in the game, you die for real. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's, that's, well, it's even better because it's like for little kids. So that connection like could be created, right? Like that, they, they, they might be confused. Like, oh, am I dying in this? And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm slowly falling asleep. What's happening? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, if I'm thinking about it logically, <laughs> I think probably the, the core idea behind it would be to, 
would be basically like kids are scared of the dentist and if they have to be put under for a procedure that's probably scary too so give this to them to like you know sort of distract them or take their mind off of it but i just i don't see any way that like a kid puts this thing on and then like and then you give them a game boy and they're like this is fine (laughs) i'm i'm totally yep Mm mm-hmm but yeah, that was that was the weirdest peripheral I've ever seen as like marketed as a video game peripheral. I you know what? I can honestly say that that's weirder than the we speak. Yeah. <laughs> I think this has more applications than the we speak and it's not even something that came out though. <laughs> Cuz the we speak literally wasn't used for anything other than like the chat channel i think yeah yeah basically i feel like i, I want to say that it was connected in some way with animal crossing oh i didn't play that much animal crossing on the wii actually but like i don't know what you were actually supposed to do with it because oh yeah it did animal crossing there was a we speak channel that's what i must have used it for mm. oh you could do oh wow there was voice chat in the conduit really yeah huh. i didn't know because i did never actually do it but like I was I was like, I was pretty sure that Jesse got it because of Animal Crossing applications. Oh, you know what? I do remember using it for Monster Hunter Try. That's where I used it. Mm. That's right. OK. So, you know what? It's the we speak actually wasn't useless. That's just a me thing. That's yeah, just I mean, a me thing where I'm like, why would I want to talk to people? <laughs> True. Well, you're even like, well, <laughs> who plays multiplayer games? Yeah. <laughs> Like multiplayer games, maybe multiplayer games where you talk to people, never, especially if they're strangers. Absolutely not. Yeah, Under no sure, circumstances. I'm sure you had to be friends or something before it would work with chat. Like there had to have been something Nintendo wouldn't let you talk. Oh, to with strangers. Nintendo in the Wii era, given the given the kinds of like infrastructure they had in place for anything online, yeah. it was probably like you probably had to do a specific P to P server. That uh-huh. you set up specifically just to get the chat working. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember at all what what I had to do. I know this is sitting in a box under my bed, though. But yeah, this is this is weirder than that. Um, <laughs> I do know that there was a there is a uh, there is an integration with SimCity 64, which Ooh. is a Nintendo 64 disk drive exclusive Japanese only Nintendo port. 64 port of SimCity 2000. Yes. And there is a functionality in the game where you can import a Game Boy camera photo into the disk drive exclusive SimCity 64 to put your face on the name of one of the or put your face on one of the like Sims walking around in your SimCity. God, that's cool. And it requires like 17 different pieces of equipment to do it because of there's course. like because there's the Game Boy camera and then there's the, the actual Game Boy and then there's the actual Game Boy. And then there's how do you get the photo from the Game Boy camera onto the Nintendo 64, which requires the use of like a transfer pack or or some oh, other right, right. You know, some other input thing or you can just put the camera directly in the there was a whole video on it that I watched last week. It was like, who would 
who would ever like have the 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 N64 DD is itself like a random ass weird thing that never took off. Yeah, that's why I'm saying Nintendo doesn't want they've done they've tried so many times where they where they have attachments like that or like yep. some, they make something better. They try to make like a better version of the thing that already exists. Right, right, right. Without actually starting over or starting new, I mean. So yeah, that's, that's that was that's a that was one. a particularly weird one. But ultimately, like the the N sixty four DD and the and the Game Boy Camera are not in and of themselves weird things. No, um, but that particular integration, continuing considering all of the like weird middleman steps and stuff that you have to actually do to get that to work, is really bizarre. No, that's yeah, that's a weird one because I don't think I, that has to be the only Game Boy Camera thing that works outside of like game boy stuff it's probably not it's probably not you're right like honestly like if there's if there is anything that i have learned from watching a lot of stop skeletons from fighting it's that games have a ton of hidden features that work with a bunch of weird peripherals that you never heard about because no i mean Stop Skeletons for Fighting is how I learned that there are dual analog ways to play Goldeneye. Yeah, that's just cool. You and know what's like, funny? I told my one friend that, and they're like, yeah. And he, he like, had, he had, well, Kyle. I told Kyle, and he knew yeah. about it. Like, he had tried it back on the 64. I was like, what, dude? What the hell? I never knew that was an option. That's yeah. so cool. Man, what an awesome idea. I mean, like, the I, the fact that Rare knew that that's how that would work best back in like the mid nineties yeah, dude. and it took everyone else like 10 years to catch up to it. <laughs> Maybe not 10, but like it there were, some, they were definitely like, if you look at the late PS one, early PS two, like slate of shooters and how like movement versus camera movement was handled on two stick on uh, like on a two stick system. Mm-hmm. Like it's wild. Yeah. There's, there's one, there's a famous review. I want to say it was for an alien game uh aliens game maybe aliens versus predator or something like that on the ps1 where they used our current twin stick movement platform like movements setup mm-hmm. and the, a reviewer was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever tried it's so so terrible why would they ever think this is good uh a good choice for like how to control your characters using two joysticks and and it, they just like ranted about how it was the worst uh control scheme set up and it's like yeah yeah that hasn't aged well Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep i i have seen i've seen the exact thing you're talking about oh oops i played your video it was loud i don't know if it oh it's like a 20 minute video you don't have to watch it right now ah okay but yeah it's it's a fun watch if you uh, if you have some time it's like his videos are very interesting and it's it's all about like weird stuff that you probably didn't know existed yeah um like ambitious ports of games to the engage oh the um, engage weird stuff you can do with the ps2 dvd remote <laughs> um the n64 mouse i i do actually remember hearing about the n64 mouse i don't remember what it was was it did, did there it was like a with... there was like a mario paint um sequel for yeah. 64 but it yeah. was i think that was also like a, a disc drive japan was, only yeah, thing it, it, yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it was but apparently so, you can also use it with like perfect dark <laughs> oh that's cool 
So like the the like punching weight and uh, Scott's stop skeletons from fighting and punching weight specifically is all about like, here's this weird peripheral and here's the weird things you can use it for that you wouldn't have ever thought to do. <laughs> they're, they're very cool. That is fun. So that's my, that's my recommendation for today. You know, what is not my recommendation for today? What's that? Probably fire and ice. Really? Wow. So let's let me let now we're, now that we're into it a little bit, um, let me just go ahead and ask you, did did you play Fire and Ice? Did you play Fire and Ice at all? Yeah, I got through the sixth world. The the sixth like stage or the sixth world? Like like what is that? Sixty stage, fifty stages, sixty stages, something like oh, that. Oh, like the sixth world. So okay, you played it pretty extensively, actually. Yeah, I played quite a bit. I I thought it, I was kind of impressed. I don't know what just kind of. Okay, I, so I, okay, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. Actually, I couldn't believe. I was like, this is. Okay, it was at the very end of the NES. Like yes. literally the <laughs> This is this is the 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 swan song here. It's like 93 or something. Yeah, or 94 even. Yeah, it yeah. was very very late. Um, like right before Wario's Woods. <laughs> it's like 8 years after the original Solomon's Key came out, which this is a prequel to. So it's kind of funny like that it took that long to Kind of makes me think I should play Solomon's Key because I never did that. Actually, you should check it out. It's wild. If compared to this, it's it's way different because there's like jumping and you can aim where you point your little wand to create platforms and stuff. Mm. Uh, well, he's just a baby wizard in this, so I suppose that makes sense because it's the same right. character. That's yeah, he's he is he has mastered like ice magic and nothing else. Yeah, exactly, and that, that's why they're sending him to save the world. Right. Uh, well, from fire people, yeah. I suppose. I feel like the main person, though, has that a fair understanding of how to do this magic, too. So maybe they could have, you know, they probably could have. But then you wouldn't get to be the hero, I guess. And you do save the day in Solomon's Key. So maybe, you know, this this was the jumpstart you needed. But no, I was really impressed. I don't really like puzzle games most of the time. It just doesn't. I get. So if I if I can't see the solution right away, I just kind of get impatient. I just want to look it up. Sure. Um, and I felt I started to feel that way once whenever I quit, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be looking everything up from now on. So it's not going to be fun because I just want to like get to the end. And I was like, wait, right, why don't sure. I just stop and leave it there? It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I That's um, honestly way more than I thought you would play. Because I like I, I, it's good. It's a good it's a, it's actually it's, OK. I, I, I was I was prepared to be like this game is trash, but I'm just playing it because I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for like. Like, sort of simple, complex puzzles like this. I, I, well, and, dude, did you check out the edit mode? A little bit, yeah. That's so cool. You it's can... very cool that there is, like, an actual, like, there's an actual stage builder. Yeah, like, create your own stage. That's mm-hmm. awesome. No, I, I think the game's, it's, um, it's a very simplistic concept, which makes it easy to just play. Yeah, you can just and... pick it up, and you basically know almost everything you need to know about how that game works in the first like 10 minutes. Yeah. I think I I don't know why it's not just called Solomon. Like I don't understand why they changed the name. I don't know. Maybe Solomon's key didn't do well in the West and they were like, there's no point in keeping up the branding. Let's just try to call it something different. True. And but I, I don't know so how they expected ago. fire and ice to sell. Well, especially because the box art makes it look <laughs> insane it just look it's just ice cubes on fire with a disclaimer warning (laughs) i mean it's just like what uh what does it say like caution addictive puzzles or something like that yeah it's like you won't be able to put it down (laughs) and 
I mean, is I, it like, and this happens to hit right around the time that like we're starting to talk about Mortal Kombat and yeah. like violence in games, and it's like maybe we should actually have disclaimers on games for real dangers. <laughs> And there, and here's here's fire and ice with their joke. Yeah, and well, I, to be fair, I don't I don't want to spread uh, misinformation. I don't mm. want to say that the most of the research on almost all of the research on violence in video games is really bad, and and maybe disclaimers for that wouldn't be necessary. But making people aware that hey, this game is very violent that's 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 the thing that's is reasonable to say. Oh, I just yeah. want to throw that out there. Yeah, no, like <laughs> when you say the the research is bad, you mean like the research is done in bad faith and is oh, easily I mean, is easily disprovable. I, yeah, I mean literally the the there is the, overwhelming evidence that violence in video games does not lead to real world violence. In fact, the reverse is true. Yeah, and I I will I will always leave the door open that maybe someone finds a link somehow that hasn't sure. been discovered yet. Sure. Maybe virtual reality changes it or whatever. Sure. I don't know. Science be like that. But, but for the, for as any of the stuff that's out there, uh, especially anything in prior, like pretty much anything that's out there right now is, is, is the just so poorly done. Like, Oh my, we could do a, we could do a, a lot of podcasts about how bad, the actual design of the researches and how they analyze the data. Oh yeah. It's unreal, but yes, it is weird that they decided to use a odd, like joke disclaimer. You can't put this game, <laughs> this simplistic puzzle game down because it's so addictive and fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to go for the edgy American marketing. It does I, feel like that. It does feel like there it's it's a simple puzzle game and they know they can't sell it as like they know they can't sell it as like oh yeah, hey, puzzles are badass. <laughs> yeah. So they're just doing the best they can to sort of like yeah, this is around when Sega was really getting into that too. Sega. Well, it's, we're we're getting close to one tough green puff. What? Cuz I think the first Kirby came out. Mm. Uh, on the on the on the NES, I mean, it, it we already did actually have the Game Boy One Tough Cream Puff advertisements, I believe. I don't know what you're talking about. Really? Oh man the the first Kirby commercials they they didn't the, know the what to... words One Tough Cream Puff make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised you haven't you haven't heard seen I that think before. That between the two of us, you are much more connected with like historical advertising. Maybe maybe. The, the the so I actually oh no the one tough cream puff was was the any I'll, I'll just okay hold on we just I'm sorry everyone listening to this podcast go to your computer and type in Kirby's Adventure NES commercial unless you're driving your car yeah then uh -huh. you can probably wait, wait which I know wait. at least one person probably is driving while listening to this but absolutely shout outs to that guy he's pretty cool <laughs> I I don't know which person you're talking about but i would also like to shout out to them because if they're listening to this they have to be cool um it's probably take... sell it's probably sell <laughs> so but it you... may not be it could be someone else yeah hey that's true but now we've kind of zeroed in on one person so that person's gonna be like well it's not me <laughs> <laughs> by the way the disclaimers exact I, I i looked it up because you posted it in our discord chat oh. like that's like right. a month ago when we first yeah. started talking about this game <laughs> and the 
the statement is, and I quote, in big red outlined letters, like block letters, warning. And then in smaller black letters, this cartridge contains logic puzzles that may be larger bolded black letters, highly addictive. (laughs) Now, bold and italic black letters, caution and restraint are recommended. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't there like it, construction tape on it or something? It, I mean, it's got like a the it's got like a stamp kind of look to it. That's got like sort of an army green background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But it is stamped on it like it is an actual warning, and the the writing of it does not like. It's almost hard to tell is if like is that an actual warning. It reads like a joke, but it's like when it says caution and restraint are recommended, it's like <laughs> maybe I shouldn't play this. Actually, <laughs> maybe it is dangerous. Maybe I'll just have so much fun. I'll never stop playing. To be fair, if you were to play all 150 levels, because I don't know if you did the bonus stages after you I the did game not. Cause I looked up a video of the bonus stages. <laughs> those seem some though. There are some real mind benders there. And there's like 50 more stages also. I took a I took a good like I took several weeks just to beat the the base hundred. Yeah, and it was really like hard, and I honestly. finished that and like the last couple stages were like I some of them I just sat there for like twenty minutes. <laughs> I will say that I beat all hundred stages without looking anything up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there, there's a so couple stages where I was like, man, these are I my I'm I'm stumped. I feel dumb. <laughs> then I look yeah. at the solution on on a video or whatever, and I'm like, oh, oh wow, that was that's really, that's really obvious. I am. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I have always been bad at these types of puzzle games, though. Like, truly, I don't know. My brain just doesn't function that way. I like, mean, I think they're just like they are for a very specific person, and that mm-hmm. person happens to be me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I mean, there. I really enjoyed this one because of the different worlds and stuff. We'll get to that in a minute, but I really want you to see the Kirby's Adventure. I'm watching it now. Okay, okay. I will watch it with you because it is, it's very weird. It's like, I understand <laughs> where they're going with this. Sure. But like, <laughs> I, I just don't know. So like knowing what kirby is now yes that's what makes this so weird and this so is so idiosyncratic with that <laughs> like what? it is like he it, eats it, a gangster he sure does he why does why did they market kirby as like the the hard-boiled no he's not even a detective he's actually also a gangster because he just kicks the door down and murders this other person what why? i mean there, there's no like there is no consistency and i i get what they say in the commercial it's like like who is kirby he's everything because yeah and i get it he like switches abilities so they're being like oh we can do all this cool stuff but like all of the cool stuff that you're depicting is not at all what the game is like <laughs> but i mean i it, you know it just goes into like angry eyes kirby in the west versus you know Ex- Except for maybe his conquistador fight there on the steps, where yeah. where maybe that's the closest thing to what Kirby can do in a video game. It's it's that is like somewhat related in a in a Hollywood adaptation kind of way to like okay maybe like a Kirby Meta Knight fight would be like this. 
but he looks so weird like the drawing of him with his like the way they drew his feet and arms and stuff yeah no it's like they absolutely like they absolutely drew they got people who worked on like biker mice from mars to draw kirby for this commercial but he's one tough cream puff that's no i mm. oh god it's all bad it's it all is. bad. I hate, I hate '90s advertising, <laughs> oh, man. like video I, game advertising especially. I love it so much just because it's so terrible. <laughs> oh. Save us, save us, <laughs> Sega Tassanjiro. Oh, true, true. I mean, that is the that is the pinnacle of of video game. It is game the apex. It is. It is the ultimate of all of all gaming advertisements. And you said that didn't you say he's in? Uh, judgment he's not in lost well, judgment, not literally but the the kid who runs the who runs the esports club yeah who which is basically the fighting game club um has some very sanjiro like um sanjiro. he has some very sanjiro like uh mannerisms and he's got you know he's got the eyebrows and he's got the wild hair and he's telling everyone to like not do anything else and just play Virtual oh, Fighter yeah. for sure. <laughs> I, well, so the, like, oh, it's, it's, he's actually it, saying Virtual Fighter because I'm pretty sure that was one of the commercials. Yeah, I mean, like that's what the esports like. That's what they do. They all play oh, Virtual Fighter. Oh yeah, okay, okay. That's 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 beautiful. He's, he's like, you have to sack. Like it's like you're studying. What are you doing studying? You should devote every second of your life to practice in Virtual Fighter. Yeah, okay. And it's like yeah. this is just the commercial where he like choke holds all the kids going out to play baseball. <laughs> That's fantastic. And he's, you know, and even like his voice is very like it's very boisterous. It's mm -hmm. very forceful. He's like he's like up in everyone's face. He does the cross arm pose. The cr okay, okay. 100%. Like I mean, not that there is any doubt even prior to that, but that is absolutely what they're doing there. Man, Sega <sighs> Sometimes, sometimes you just hit the hit the mark. I mean, it's so funny, though, because like that was never something that we got. So like if not for us just happening to know about that Japan only advertising campaign for the Sega Saturn. True. That would go right over our heads. That's true. Yeah. The only reason I know about it is because I, I liked looking at I don't I remember it was like probably E-Bombs World or something weird like that, where they just had here's all these strange commercials from Japan. They had one of like Arnold Schwarzenegger advertising an energy drink mm -hmm. where he'd like something happens and then he then he drinks it and he's like and then he like everything amazing happens to him i don't yes. know it's it's very very weird very japanese yep i think my favorite uh, i think my favorite one of those aside from like the 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 tearful conclusion is um <laughs> i i think the one that i always think of is the one where he's like training in the mountains and he has like the whole theme going behind him oh yeah he's yep. got like the saturn the on giant his, saturn <laughs> yeah. on, on like his back as a backpack and then he's like punching the buttons on the yeah, giant controller <laughs> It's it's sort of funny because when I've I've seen them all and it was a long time ago that I first saw them. So they all kind of bleed together now as to just one big like it's it's a it's the Sega Tessanjiro cinematic universe for yeah, me. Yeah, the, the whole saga. <laughs> yeah. The the Sanjiro saga. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. so anyway, so we were talking about video game advertising because of the weird disclaimer on Fire and Ice. I was going to say, yes, yes, we should we should. uh pull it pull it back here and i was wondering could you walk us kind of through what the what the basics 
like what the gameplay is. For, yeah. For so the, so it's interesting because there is, you have two buttons, but they're the same button. Yep. That you do one thing in this game. You can walk left and right and there's no jump. And which is important because you can basically like climb up a, you can basically like climb up something that is one block tall. Yeah. So it's basically a grid based game. Mm-hmm. It's in fact, it's completely a grid based game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you can, your character can climb up one block on the grid vertically and you can walk back and forth. And with your one button, you can very specifically create a block of ice to the bottom left and bottom right of your character, depending on which way you're facing. Yeah, you can't make it in front of you. It's which is, not in front of you, which, which is, is bizarre and yo, kind so, of <laughs> makes the entire game go. Yeah, basically without that, the game would have been, I think, too easy. Yeah. Like like all of the puzzles are puzzly because of the limitations. And at first it's frustrating and kind of annoying, but then yeah. once you get into it and you start looking at the puzzles from that perspective, you're, you start yes. to see patterns and stuff. And it's really cool. Yeah. It, it, it actually is like, it is genuinely different than anything else that I've seen. Yeah. I think that's because of, I, because I like of that limitation. Yep. If it were just make a block in front of you and then push it, it would be boring as hell. I think that's why I did. So I played a little Solomon's key and it's not as fun. Because some of the stages are just like a big open stage and you kind of make vertical pathways by making blocks and stuff. And then Mm. you kill monsters by having them like walk on the block and then removing the block from under their feet. And then then they like fall to their death because they can't fall more than one tile kind of a thing. Right, right, right. Uh, And there's more platforming because, you know, you can jump and stuff. So Mm. it's it's less it's actually less interesting when there's because there is more control. So the limitations of this game made it a lot of fun for me to play even if i didn't finish it yeah and i mean it's a lot and like i said i think that despite not finishing it you playing like half of the the like the main, main stages yeah. you get it yeah yeah like, for sure you totally understand what this game is and there are a couple more mechanics that they add in later on yeah, like, but like, like the, the pipes are awesome yeah um, but ultimately, like the the way that you clear each stage is you can make ice and you can make ice infinitely Yep. within the parameters that you have, which is it has to be like the block. It Consider that, like, look at your like a keypad, right? Like a one through nine keypad. Mm-hmm. If you're on five, you can create ice at one and three. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. That's that is the that is your entire thing. And, and then if. If you uh, so ice that is ice that is made in a row will connect into like a big block. Yep. But then if you make a piece of ice that is one block wide, then it becomes a cube and then it's a block you can push. Yes. And if you that you can't do that with a block that's touching a wall piece. Right. It like connects to the wall. So that's part of some of the tricky puzzles where you have to figure out a way to make a row of three ice or two ice. Get mm-hmm. rid of the piece touching the wall to give you one block of ice, which you can then push down a like a one tile sized hole. Yes. Onto an enemy or to help make a stacking thing for you then to build more ice afterwards. Yeah. So a lot of the puzzles resolve revolve around like, how do I get an ice cube block that I can use? Yes. Yep. Um, because like the way that you clear a stage is like there's little fire guys and the fire guys are basically just like. You kill them by pushing 
a block of ice into them or or basically getting ice to come into contact with them in yeah. any way. Yeah, because it doesn't have to you don't have to push it into them. You could drop it on them. You can drop a larger piece of ice if, you know, if you have it set up where like gravity will work out that way. Uh, there's a, some very satisfying stage design. It's actually the end of World One has a very fun stage where it's basically kind of like a, a funnel and you have a big oh, block yeah, of ice yeah. and you, you get rid of one guy on the far left. Mm hmm by kicking it over there and then you just drop the huge big bar of ice on everyone it kind of yeah it just goes like it looks yeah it's it's very satisfying yeah yeah there's a bunch like i think that's one of the things that kept me playing is like there were a couple stages that i was kind of frustrated with but Mm -hmm. like when you find the solution it is like oh this is like a really kind of elegant solution to this and it's really nice because there's no penalty if you screw up yeah just restart there's just a try again button and uh, yeah in the Switch, like, I would say playing this on original hardware, having to try again, there are some later uh, stages true, that true. require a ton of setup, and then you yes. can just kind of, like, mess one thing up to softlock the solution. Oh, yeah, that would be rough, because then it's, like, five minutes of just, like, Yeah, then making... you have to set the whole thing back up again, and even if you know how to do it, it's kind of a lot of trouble just to, like... You know, there's a lot of running back and forth to set things up just so, so that it works. Yeah, it's still a clunky old game in that regard. Yeah. And it is really, really hard to climb because it's it, mm. it requires so much. It requires so much to be set up just so for you to gain elevation. So there's yeah. a lot of stages where like choosing exactly when to like drop down because you don't take fall damage. But then there are some stages where you start up high and there's no way to get back up there. So you have to make sure that everything that needs to get done before you drop is done before you drop. Yeah. Or else you're basically soft locked and you have to start over. So there's like, there's That's a lot. True. Of, I could see that being annoying. Yeah. So having to do that and having to start over every time instead of being like, whoops, I messed it up and rewinding five seconds would have been a lot more frustrating. But honestly, you know, rewind and save state function saves the day again, where <laughs> like a game with a sort of frustrating. Des- uh, a frustrating design that's meant to extend the playtime artificially is factored out of the game and the game becomes more fun as a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, because that those so, like uh, it fixes the issue of seeing the solution after you've made a mistake and then having to redo all of the, the, you know, the crap to get to that point again. It lets you just like, Oh wait, whoops, I can just reset here and then, yeah. and then fix it. Cause in some cases it's a 40 to 50 step process to get there. Yeah. And some of those steps are like some of those steps you may not have like remembered perfectly exactly what you did. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you figured it out, but you just messed up the last step and you can just redo that last step or like there's maybe there's an input error. Although I will say that most of the game does not really require any sort of like fast reflexes. No, you can go slow, but you might accidentally tap right twice or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like little input errors like that and like having something like that mess up what is when you're trying to figure out the whole thing, like step by step and you've got it and then you mess something up that's silly and it's like, oh, man, now I have to do the whole thing again. Yeah, like it's a lot easier to just be like, no, I got it. I figured it out because the joy of the game is figuring it out. It's not necessarily yes. executing it. It's just figuring out what you're supposed to do. So once you do that, you don't want to have to spend another 10 minutes on getting all the execution right, because that's not really that fun. No, no, no. 
So I think it actually works really well on Switch where you have those uh, where you have those things freely available to you. Yeah, I think the I I also loved that there's boss fights. Yeah, the boss like, fights are actually kind of neat. They're a little I wouldn't like them though without the rewind time. <laughs> also true. <laughs> because those are those are very long and very prone to like soft locking yourself for reasons that you won't know until later. Yeah, and that's the there's a lot of things... like the scrolling looping ones yeah, where that's it's what like I was oh say. if you leave a block here you won't be able to climb. Yep. Yep. And then the and then the entire stage is over and you have to start over. <laughs> Which honestly at that point like those ones take so long to go through that rewinding almost doesn't even really help you. Because no, you're basically starting from like 15 seconds in anyway to even go back to fix that. Yeah, so you would you the I also I I think the coolest thing though, honest to god, the best part about this whole game is that you can go to any world you want at any time. Yeah. That's so freaking awesome. I didn't use that feature. But I, I just also cool. went through like one through ten straight in order. But you can go through one. You can go to one through nine in any order you want to. And uh, and even like dip into a world and do a couple stages and then dip out and do another one. Yeah. Which I think is great because if you get really, really, really stuck on a puzzle, you can just leave and go do some other puzzles. Yeah, it's so cool. And, and all and of the just... all of the worlds are kind of are pretty well designed around like a single concept. Yeah, they like or every they introduce world... like a new thing. Yeah, so I, I think it's World Four that's like all of the puzzles revolve around the pipes. World Four also has the best boss because it's the Griffin who's like I have fought well and have no regrets. Yeah, but I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And he looks so sad when he says he's a little embarrassed. <laughs> hey, can we um can we talk for a minute about what the hell is the deal with that weird clown door that you come out of for all those boss fights? Oh, dude, they're so creepy. What is that? I don't have a clue. Like I don't have a clue. In a certain context, that would have that that sort of like, you know, like wide eyes gaping mouth with like fingers pointing into it has like different connotations depending on the depending on the context just saying it's i don't like there's never really explained it's just where you're standing uh hold uh, hold on i just had some weird internet hiccup thing and you your voice came through all at once oh okay oh that's (laughs) weird (laughs) that was very strange are um, are we good? Are you good? Yes, I think we're good. Yes. Okay. No. So so could you just repeat like five seconds of what you were saying about? I the was just door? saying that depending <laughs> on uh, depend. I thought you were just sandbagging me. No, no. <laughs> I, 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 had I was some saying weird... that depending on the context you put it in, if you put that in a different context, the whole like wide eyes, gaping mouth with your fingers <laughs> pointing into the mouth look has like different connotations. <laughs> it's, it's it's in it's... different contexts and none of them i'm comfortable with <laughs> no, i'm glad that's the thing that i didn't respond to because then it's just making it more uncomfortable <laughs> well now it's uncomfortable again and i had to say it twice <laughs> but the face of the thing is really creepy well it's like a clown face but I it's also like a weirdly like stretched it. out clown face where the mouth is the mouth is the door and it's also way too vertically long yeah so it's 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 bad and it's never explained 
It's just like you just see it every time you go into a boss fight. And it's like, that's just what they look like, I guess. <laughs> they don't talk about it. It doesn't matter. It's just it weird doesn't and matter. Awkward. It's just there. That's the art style they decided to go with. <laughs> I Sure. I do think that the um, I, I think it's kind of cool th- that the uh, the story is being told by like the grandmother to the grandkids. I love that. Yeah. And every time you every time you beat a stage, they're like, do you want to hear more of the story? Yeah, I like that, too. And then I looked up the ending where they're like, on what ha-? and they're like, well, you know what happened to Dana? He's he's a great wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's like, it's oh, yeah, prequel. I totally know that. Because, well, I think it's supposed to be the idea that it's a prequel to the... the to uh, Solomon's Key, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was cute. I actually... Yeah, the present... The, the art, it's it's really, really impressive for an NES game. It kind honestly. of is. It, like, like, for a game that is basically just about pushing ice cubes around, it is a, it is a visually fairly impressive game. Mm-hmm. Even the ice looks good. No, I mean, honestly, you know how an NES is sort of known for having tearing issues or like things would pop in and out just because they can't handle what's on screen. Yeah. And I realize yeah, yeah, yeah. that these levels are designed so that doesn't happen, sure. but it's, it's they're still... all single screen. They're all right. single screen puzzles. So you don't have to worry about that, but it, it still looks good and it sounds good because mm-hmm. some, some NES games sound awesome and some just are like, Oh, I'm going to mute the TV while I play this yeah. because the, it just, the, the beeps and the boops are really beepy and boopy. Whereas yeah. this felt it sounded nice. I don't know. You could tell the that music it was is an good. Of... And, and the sound effects are actually like the sound effects are actually pretty, uh, are pretty satisfying mm-hmm. for, for what they are. Yeah, no, I, I, I was, I, I will be honest. I went into this game with expecting to play it for like five minutes and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not playing this. I expected you to also, I, I expected I, what I said to you is like, maybe do like a couple of stages in a couple of different worlds. Just yeah, you so did. you can see some of the mechanics. So when you said I played it for like five or six worlds, I was like, oh, he played it until like one five. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just just like the very first few stages. No, the, the first stages go by so fast that I was just having fun. And then I got to some tricky ones. I was like, oh, I kind of want to see what's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was I would have I probably would have kept playing. But I uh, I waited until um, this morning to start playing. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. I was up at like 830 this morning because I just happened to wake up early for some reason, which is extremely early for me. Um, and like, that's very tired. early for me as well. So I'm going was... to work. I'm going to have to wake up at like seven tomorrow, though. Oh, if it's a day, if it's a one day thing, it's it's OK. I can I'm not, I don't have a problem. Yeah, sure. That. But like uh, every day, I don't know how I deal with that. So I was I was playing this game from like 830 until I messaged you. <laughs> nice. So it was like three hours, maybe. I mean, I wasn't playing it complete like i was doing some other things or making sure. breakfast and stuff like that but um that was it was today that i that's that's why i was like yeah i, I stopped because um because <laughs> i kind of had to yeah because <laughs> yeah, i hadn't yeah. played it at all <laughs> i will say that the the boss fights in general are kind of just like slightly more complicated regular stages yeah I, I, except my, for the last one i was uh, yeah i looked up the last boss and i was like oh shit that's pretty neat it's actually really cool and I was like, oh, that's dumb. At first, I thought this, like, the fire snake that kind of weaves through the stage was going to be random or like target you. And when I saw it had a set path, I was like, wow, that's a cool level design for this style of game. Because yep. then you're just it, basically dealing with timings of where, when to place the blocks and stuff. Yep, absolutely. And it also, like, it also sets up in such a way where, like, initially I was like, oh, that's stupid because you're, you know, it's going to just hit you and you have to kind of trial and error it. 
but it yeah. actually kind of sticks you up top where you see it go through like two or three times before you actually have to deal with it. And there is there are ice blocks in the way. So it's actually teaches you before you have to even engage with it while you're just trying to get down to like the main zone. It's yeah. showing you like, OK, this fire snake goes on this pattern and will melt and will melt your ice when it hits it. So right. you know that before you even put yourself in a position to die from it. Yeah, true. It's actually super good to game design. And it's it's a really like it's one of the better ways that I have seen where a puzzle game actually like actually adapts its mechanics to a proper boss fight. Yes. Yeah. Because usually the boss fight is just forced. Well, kind of like the other boss fights in the game. They're 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 okay. I just enjoyed the fact that they were there. The levels themselves were kind of oh, eh. it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, they weren't as fun to trial and error because. True of the the time pressure mm-hmm. um but the the i just i liked the little characters and i like that they all like basically every single person every single boss that i saw was sort of i'm gonna get you but then they're then they start to feel sad they're like oh i don't i don't even want to do this am i being mind controlled <laughs> yeah right like, i don't know what's happening and then there was i saw later there's like a dragon that just roars at you and that's it <laughs> yep there sure is <laughs> there sure is I so speaking of the game looking good, like Dana's little like f- like foot the flapping, feet yes, yeah, yeah, the little the little foot flapping like victory animation is like super good. Yeah, I I was I was really impressed at how the especially because this game came out on the Switch Online service when they were basically just releasing complete trash. Yeah, so I I just expected this game to be in the complete trash category. We've played uh, a lot was, of it actually, right, and, that, and that that wasn't that was not fair to to the game. It's 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 cool it's i i I play i started playing it out of like complete just like i just had some time and it was just pure like morbid curiosity yeah i was like it's the same reason i played like an hour of bamboozle i was like well they dropped it in here i might as well at least take a look at it and then i did and i was like oh I'm actually having some fun with this. And I did like two or three worlds. And then like the next time I sat down with the switch is like, I think I want to play more of that. Actually, <laughs> that's that is that is the perfect description of this game. I feel like it's 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 oh, my God, they actually are. Yeah, dangerously no, addictive. It was it was they were right. That's that's exactly where I was going, actually. <laughs> that's so stupid. That's so stupid. They won. They beat us. They were they, right. Damn it. Hey, Kirby is one tough green puff. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, inter- like, let's move into, like, recommendation. Yeah. I don't know. I liked Fire and Ice and didn't expect to. And you somewhat liked Fire and Ice and didn't expect to. Yes. But I don't know. Like, I recommended it to you because I had been playing it. And I just assumed that you wouldn't like it. And then we would just bomb it for a while. Sure. Because I, despite having enjoyed my time with it somewhat, see that it's just some silly NES puzzle game. And like, I don't have any personal attachment to it. So I was ready to not defend it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. It would, the, the problem that I, I think this would actually be a game that'd be fairly difficult to make fun of other than the fact that you could just like repeatedly, I mean, it's just kind of one dimensional. Yeah, yeah. Like, I if mean, you're going to look at the negative aspect of it, it's it's very much a, here's all you do, and that's it. 
kind of a game. Yeah, it, it kind of is. They do their best to introduce new mechanics like the pipes and the little torches and stuff in later in little levels. And, and like the the I don't know, the black ice cube that doesn't melt. Oh, yeah, it doesn't melt. And it also only moves one space when you push it unless it's on ice. Yeah, because I did World 9 one was like, oh, cool. That's the that's the new mechanic for this stage. Yeah, that's actually uh, that mechanic actually expands the gameplay a lot. Oh, does it? Yeah, because yeah, I imagine it, it actually like changes things pretty significantly. There is one there is one stage in particular where it's just like it's kind of like a checkerboard pattern of like regular ice cubes and black ice cubes in like a in like a five by two pattern yeah. on top. And you just have to get a bunch of the black ice cubes down to the bottom um, and like push them across a like to make a bridge across some torches. Uh, interesting. And then there's like one fire in the corner and then you push <laughs> the ice cube across the bridge that you make. And it's surprisingly complicated. Yeah, that's well, that's that's why I was so impressed with the when I looked at the create your stage thing. I was like, oh, wait, this is actually what the game is like. This is aside from the bosses that do scrolling. Right. This is what you would have to do. You could make anything in the game with yep. this little editor here. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Like what a again, that's not something that I would use just because right. I'm not that creative type. Yeah, like I that. didn't make like an actual level, but I just looked through the features. Yeah, I tried it out. Like I was like, oh, cool. You can assign basically two different tiles to your A and B buttons and then you go edit and then you go back and assign two different tiles to A and B buttons and yeah. whatever. Um, so it's it's <laughs> I was surprised at how easy it would have been to do if it was something you wanted to make on the NES. And that to me is mm -hmm. just awesome that it's a mechanic that's there in the, on the original Nintendo. Now, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. believe in America, we only got a password system. It didn't have the battery for saving, which I think sucks. Yeah, because the. I feel like saving is it would add a lot to the overall experience than having to type in a passcode to get back to where you were. But that's that's true no matter what. That's not really a, that's not really a, a bash on the game itself. It's more of just a, hardware uh, limitations. Yeah, and America not wanting like Nintendo of America didn't want to spend the money on putting the battery in the carts in the well and can you blame them like no not at we all literally we literally learned that fire and ice existed like last year when they put it on or this yeah. year i think when they this actually year. added it to the to the service yeah and i think so my recommendation for this game would be to if you hear us talking about it and it sounds like you're curious just check it out to see if you like it but if it was just like a without this podcast like we were just talking to somebody I don't know. I'd probably say it's a, it's a fun puzzle game. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, I wouldn't really have. If you're the type of kid that I was where you had like books of logic puzzles with like the, you know, with like the sort of like the grid of like finding out which person matches each category with these with these context clues oh, and like yeah. eliminating things and like the Sudoku puzzles and stuff like that. And you just tore through those things, those like logic puzzle things as a kid. You probably have a great time with this. If yes. you're not, I don't know that you necessarily would. Yeah, I think your experience would be more like mine where I was planning on going in and not playing at all. I got a little bit hooked, but then I, I started to get where when even when if I got just a little frustrated with the stage, you'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to look at a solution. So I'm going to guess the later levels would have been like, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing that. That yeah. seems like way too much. That's way too much uh, thinking in this in this particular area of thinking that i'm just i it's not my strong there are so. absolutely a few stages that felt like they were more trouble than they were worth but mm -hmm. the buy-in was there i was like it's like all right i'm i'm in world eight there's ten i you gotta just this. 
I just gotta, I just gotta pull through. Yeah, and, and some like, of the because don't the, the, like the, the, later on. I know maybe it was World Four actually that introduced the moving targets during the boss fights. Oh yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Where it, like the things that you're attacking have a like movement to them, which adds mm-hmm. another element of. I mean, it's strategy, but <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, it's all annoying. pretty much on like back and forth on one plane. So it's really it easy to predict. But at the same time, like you got to get the timing right. It's still kind of annoying. Yeah. And that's that's where rewinding uh, a plus. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're going to play this game, abuse the rewind. It's OK. Yeah, don't. Well, especially because it doesn't actually it, in this game in particular, I feel like you'd be really hard pressed to find someone that's like that ruins the experience of the game because yeah, you're no. still solving the puzzle. You're just not wasting it's, time setting up the puzzle again. It is an it is an undo it is an undo move function, which is a mainstay of modern puzzle games and should be in this game. They probably just didn't know or think about adding it. Yeah, so it's it's there's no if if you're a purist, it's okay to rewind in in, in a fire and ice. <laughs> Absolutely, because you're still solving the puzzle. I I fully recommend it. Um, yeah, in as much as I in as much as I recommend playing the game at all, which is kind of. Yeah, I, I'd put it in the, it's, it's, I don't know. I think what you said is the right way to do it. It's kind of, it's, recommending games is difficult because. It really it's is. Because like, it's, it's like, what do you like? Right. Because this is, this is more what do you like than any, than a lot of things, I mm-hmm. feel like. Because it's pretty, if you, if you enjoy a side-scrolling platformer, then a lot of the things that we say is about the other NES games is going to be like, yeah, okay, I'll try it, right? Like, if yeah, you yeah. Want to, but when it comes to a puzzle game, you either really like puzzle games or you don't. And that's there's not a lot of middle ground yeah. when it comes to these types of experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's why I enjoyed the first couple of levels, mm-hmm. because the solution is kind of in your face. Like, I bet you if you look at a Let's Play, the first, you know, three worlds is probably like a sixth of the video. Probably. <laughs> or like that the first right. four worlds even. Like, I'm going to guess the meat of the, the difficulty in what would be difficult to do, even if you know what to do, just because it takes a lot of time to set it up comes in the later stages. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess I would say, give it a try. If you enjoy it puzzles. And if you then, have and switch online and it's just sitting there and you're just ignoring it, it's worth booting up. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like I would, I would, I would open it up and see what you think. Cause you might be surprised that it's, it's, or, or even just to see the, the, the intro art. It's actually really nice. Like the art, I, it's, it's weird to be excited about, nes graphics but this game has really nice graphics it does like if you if you are if you are capable of like looking at it from the lens of like what was possible to do on that console it is impressive because you can't even look at it at the year that it came out because like you know link to the past came out already and and like uh, uh if it was hang on if it was in fact 94 that's super metroid no, I'm pretty sure it was earlier than 94, but I don't know. Yeah, let's check. I'm curious. I'm looking. Oh, 90 okay, cool. initial initial release date January 24th, 92. Okay. That so was, it was right after it was But like, that was in Japan, America and Europe in March 93. Yeah, so it's it's in Japan. It was like a month or two months after <laughs> Link to the Past came out. So I I you it's it's even hard to say. You really have to look at the art through the lens of Here's what the NES is capable of. Also, it absolutely was called Solomon's Key 2 in Japan. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a it's it was another one of those weird change 
things for you think that do you think maybe they changed the the name of it because the reference to solomon was too biblical oh that's a possibility because you know how like you know how 90s nintendo was like running full speed in the opposite direction of (laughs) any reference to anything religious yeah you know that wouldn't surprise me i bet that's it or it has some weird tecmo like i don't i mean (laughs) some of the other uh uh what's what's the word i'm looking for like games that came over from japan to america like the the localization the thank you thank you the localization teams we've we've run into some odd (laughs) requirements so i don't have that's true i really had hands in the air (laughs) no idea why they called it fire and ice except i think it could be a biblical thing and i think it's I think it's also possible that they were just like, nobody cared about this game when it was called Solomon's Key. So why would we call it Solomon's Key 2? Because that's just, that that doubled, that doubled doubles down on, I don't know what this is, but it's the second one. So maybe I don't care because I didn't like the first one. Whereas at least Fire and Ice makes it seem like it's something new. Yeah, uh, yeah. Huh. You know how you mentioned that the, uh, you know, you mentioned that the, the sound and music is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Since I looked up the game anyway. Mm. I uh, I decided to look up the the composer just kind of popped out as like I didn't even have to search it I was just searching the game and it's like here's the composer and I was like all right who is that so it's Ryuichi Nita which is a name you probably haven't didn't heard he do like didn't he do something in Beat Mania <laughs> yes <laughs> yes in fact <laughs> uh, there's a there's a bunch of stuff here he also worked on Guitaru Man oh really yeah. And oh, apparently has funny. worked on some Castlevania stuff and some Star Ocean stuff. But <laughs> uh, the thing that I am looking at where it's like he's listed as actual like composer is Tecmo Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. The time of it all, right? Yeah. I mean, it, like this is yeah. like this is a Tecmo game. So yeah. if he was working, doing sound for Tecmo and Tecmo Super Bowl came out the uh, the year before. So like Tecmo Super Bowl actually has pretty good themes. It does. That game, so, I mean, that game was that game was like the cool football game, man. Yeah, it's still the cool football game. <laughs> you know, that game actually looks that game is pretty impressive for an NES game also. Yep. I so there is still a community that um like a ROM hacking community that takes um Tecmo Super Bowl every single year. And just mods in new current <laughs> rosters. <laughs> and they even hacked the game to support 32 teams. Because the original the original game only had like 28 or 30 or whatever before oh the expansion teams. That's pretty cool. So like there is a there is literally like a Tecmo Super Bowl annual release. And oh, I wow. have played a bunch of them. That's awesome. So it's just like, yeah, if you want to play like your your Tecmo Super Bowl 2022 starring, you know, Patrick Mahomes and and all of the all the modern stars. You could just download it and play it as an as an NES game. And it just has it has all the modern it has all the new players and all of their stats like laid out the way that, you know, is roughly applicable. They have the the current year schedule. So all of the like, if you play season mode, it actually is all of the games that the the real teams are playing. <laughs> That's so cool. So it's just like you just have Tecmo Super Bowl now as an annualized release that you can just go get and play. Yeah, I like that a lot. 
So yeah, that's cool. That's why I'm like, oh, hey, Tecmo Super Bowl music. That's actually pretty good music. And then there's, yeah, there's Beat Mania in here. There's, I don't apparently know why he worked Beat on Ninja Gaiden. I don't know why Beat Mania popped out as me. I wonder, maybe it's, no, he wouldn't have, I guess he didn't, wouldn't have. I'm now looking it up too. I'm kind of curious because I was wondering if it had something to do with DDR. Well, Poppin' Music, but he's just the sound data analyzer. Maybe I was just, I wonder if I was just guessing beat me i don't know why that came to mind because i have no reason to think i have no reason to re- like i'm looking at his list of stuff and i'm like no i don't know why this name even made me think of beat mania that's weird i mean you i you pulled it out of your ass but it was i right. did i that's that's why like, i had to look it up because i was like why do i know that name I, that's strange i don't know it's probably just something i read yeah. like about something other he did oh yeah you're right he's the musician for ninja gaiden yep, yep. oh yeah tecmo duh I forget that Tecmo did Ninja Gaiden sometimes. I don't know why. It's just like, it's it's a weird thing because like Tecmo's such a weird company now. Like yeah. I don't, well, they're, I mean, now they're Tecmo Koei. So now I actually uh, associate them true. with, uh, now I associate them more with like Warriors games, even though those are <laughs> technically Koei games. You know, you're right. That's actually, that's, maybe that's my thinking is that because I've played way more Warriors games than ninja gaiden in fact i've never even played the ninja gaidens on nes ever they are good games that are difficult and trolly yeah yeah that's that's what i've heard it sounds like we are out of stuff to talk about with we are i got sorry i got sidetracked because i i turned on the ninja gaiden soundtrack for a second (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry uh yeah i'm good that was uh, i'm glad you suggested it because i wouldn't have ever played it otherwise and i think i'm glad you didn't completely hate it yeah, no, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I would, I would, it's, it's like I said, I don't know if I'd recommend it to people just because it's, I think it's a niche type. It is of, a very a niche, niche thing. Yeah. But like, it's, it does give me, it does make me sort of interested to try out some of the other random stuff because we hey, always, we always talk about like Nintendo putting out like random trash on the like online game services because they're just dredging up whatever crap they can get for cheap from like Natsume and Tecmo and whatever other companies that don't really care about those IPs anymore. Yeah. Or that don't exist in a lot of cases. And (laughs) I think that like maybe in some cases like this, the curation strategy is a little more detailed than that. Whereas like, let's dig through the, let's dig through this random crap that no one cares about, but pull out some solid six, seven out of 10 games that maybe you didn't hear about. Yeah, I mean, if if you like this style of game, I think this is a very good game. If if you like this type of puzzle stuff, I think it's really well put together. Uh, I will say that, like, like every time I played it, I felt stupid. Oh God, I not mean, I f- not like not stupid. Like the game, the puzzles made me feel stupid. It was just like it was this constant feeling <laughs> of like I'm having fun, but it's like, why am I playing this? <laughs> Why am I spending so much time on this? Why do I keep coming back to this? Because they're highly addictive. I mean, apparently that's the thing. It's a very easy game to just boot up and do a couple levels. So it's it's like it's kind of a perfect like, you know what this game would be now is like a this would be a mobile game. <laughs> yes, it is. And a you would game. play three levels of it on the bathroom, uh, yep. like in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what this is. This is a bathroom game. It's absolutely a bathroom game. <laughs> is that is, is that a new tier of of, of, of category for this year's roundup? <laughs> I mean, it might be. I'll see if we can put anything. 
See if we can put anything else into that category. It's just like, where does if on the tier list, where does bathroom game fall? Is it at the bottom? Because like I, wish I play could. Mahjong Soul in the bathroom and I think it's pretty good. So like maybe well, it's a middle tier. Maybe t- tier lists are really lame because then you're implying something's better than another thing com- as a whole. Right. Maybe yeah. maybe we maybe we should, you know, reinvent the tier list. <laughs> oh, we're definitely revising the tier list for this year. <laughs> 100 percent no there was no, there were some serious problems with that so we're gonna at least reword it <laughs> well, maybe it should just be like i'm ma- trying to think of what else would be a bathroom that's game. too i don't know that we've played yeah like podcast games something else that would something else that would go into that uh i guess into that elevator category. action returns could be a bathroom game it could be <laughs> Just because it's so short. Just because it's Wario Woods could be. <laughs> could be. Could be, actually. That's that's plausible. Huh, that's shocking. Plausible. The the two puzzle games are <laughs> are cell phone games. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Maybe Wild Guns. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think of a bathroom game as being like something super active. Yeah, it's got to be something you could just like stop at any time and sit down. You're just down. playing Wild Guns in like a public restroom and the person next to you is like, the hell is going on over there? What is happening in the stall next to me? And why does it slap so hard? Why, why is that music awesome? It's so good. <laughs> you can just hold half of it under the stall and the other person can play with you. <laughs> okay, no, now you made it weird. I'm out. I'm out of this plan now. I don't want this anymore. I hate it now. Well, that's, uh, he's, I don't know where I was going to, I don't, I got nothing. He's just, uh. I was just going to say one tough cream puff again because I know it bothers you. But then that was like, well, that doesn't fit at all. But I've said it anyways. You've said it. <laughs> Speaking of bathroom games, I had, I need to end the podcast now. I'll see you. I'll see you guys next week.